1: Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Hilliard Guest. You guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room. Look at you. I see you staring at it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it one, everybody. One down forever. forever. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Little disclaimer Lisa Bolacaja is out for this week, but she'll be back. Soon. ASAP. Hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, she had to work this week. She back. It's October. I don't if back to work or no. Shit. Anyway, um, did you hear his voice? Chris Derrick in the house. What's up, Chris? How you doing? <sighs> Thank you so much for helping me with that, man. I appreciate it. I'm really dude, excited about this. I'm,
2: I'm excited to help you on
1: it. Um, I'm Chris? nervous. Really? Nervous. That's good. As I told you before, it's good to have nerves. Because if you feel like you got it, All kind of problems Going to go Being nervous Makes you aware Of of course You feel me That's why It's like I'm 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 nervous about Tell the kids
2: What you're doing So I'm doing this project Here's producing One of the producers On It's with A writer Two writers Ron Covington And and Willie Davis Doing a web series Did they tell you They moved me to EP No
1: They did Um, (laughs) I guess I'm running The show now So (laughs) So, okay
2: So um (laughs) And I'm directing the pilot in the right. first episode, um, or second episode, the pilot in the second episode. i mm-hmm. uh, we shooting in what, in 20 days we start, and it's just, uh,
1: <laughs> wow. You know, it's not that deep, it ain't that bad, right? No, no, it's, it's short, it's short.
2: <laughs> it's just, um. It's a web series, though. It's web series. Oh, yeah. I'm nervous for a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I, but you know what? I always get nervous planning it. Right. Um. Prep is a bitch. It's, it's a bitch yes. because I'm, you know, I'm thinking about, like, what's the style that I want to tell the story in? And then mm-hmm. there's two, and then.
1: And you want them to look different. I think I look different. a little different, feel right. different.
2: I, you know, I'm, I, uh, I'm thinking about things that I wanted to try that I'm right. like, oh, well, how can I fit this into the piece? Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's like, I'm thinking it through. I'm, you know, I'm doing something different. Like, yeah, uh, I was reading this book. Mm-hmm. This Ilya Kazan book, I started reading this about a year ago, right. and he was talking about when you first are doing your shot list, do a narrative shot list. He was talking about like you explain, know. So, explain that. Yeah, so he's talking about so so because I was like, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Now obviously he's been dead, so I can't ask him. Um, <laughs> Hold on, let me call copy that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he says in the thing, he he he's like you know like write down what you th- like the emotion that you're trying to get from the shot, hmm. and then for each moment, for each for each, in, shot in in the scene, write that down, and and then once you kind of once you kind of break that down. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. you're reading the script and being "Okay, what is this moment here? What's, what's this moment mean here? What, like, what is the turn? What you know? Because a lot of times when I'm when I'm when I'm bringing down a, a project to direct, mm-hmm. I'll go over all the lines, everyone's dialogue, and for my and as I'm and I'm figuring out what I want the potential adjustments to be to be on those lines. Okay. I know the actor's going to do whatever I'm going to do, and I want them to do whatever. I'm not trying to give them any kind of, you know, like do it this way, yeah. but it's like. I need four or five, hopefully four or five different, like, alternatives mm-hmm. to help them figure out, oh, let's try it this way, let's try this to see, just to mix it up. Because mm-hmm. one of the interesting things that I read Francis Coppola does, uh, he was saying this, he did under the Rainmaker, this is what Kurt Ains was saying, is that sometimes he'll say to you, big, heavy drama scene, he'll say, play for comedy. Hmm. Just play the scene for comedy, because that way, he can cut in just maybe like one line from the comedy take, because mm-hmm. it changed the, the rhythm of the scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really fascinating. Because yeah. you never know, because you know people like are mad at each other and they throw right. like a zinger at you. Right. See, if I have you do a comedy <clears throat> take, the way you deliver that's different. You See. know? But, and I might just say, I want to use that. It line. comes from
1: sarcasm yes, or spite or something yeah. like that. Yeah.
2: So, <clears throat> I'm sitting here doing that and I'm writing out like, so I'm writing out what I want the intention of the the scene, the scene, lines to be. And then I'm looking okay, this is going to, I want this, and I write down out in a way it's like, so then I look at, so he's like, you do that and you understand what you're trying to do emotionally with the shots. Mm-hmm. And then you can figure out, okay, so now maybe do I want this as a close-up. I want this a medium close-up. now want this as an extreme close-up. What, how, like, how do I want this? And you kind of talk about the emotions you want in the shot, you know, that way. And this is, this is a, it's an earlier step. Or it's a, it's a pre-step, I guess, to thinking before you're thinking visually, you start thinking like emotionally. And okay. you know, it's just something that I, I, I wanted to try it a year ago when you're we trying to do when I first started you know, I started doing something. Uh that that school <laughs> shooting thing, and then that we're still trying to get that together, but I was I'll try it on this, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, so I'm doing that and, I, think,
1: I think I was just starting to interrupt you, but I was know. what I was thinking when you said that was part of the problem is we're still fixing the scripts. Okay. So usually he's at a place where he, he's already starting to put things together so you're kind of a little at a at a, at a standing point because yeah. we're not sure what we're doing because we're still making big changes on the script yeah. so you kind of can't do your usual shit so that's, I think well, that might well, be but that's new. part of the
2: nervous too I mean right. in terms of like I mean you know like so um, there's a director that um, Carl Seton right. kind of turned me on to his name is uh, Pete Chapman oh. or something like that he directs a lot of TV okay. and I was uh, following him on Instagram and I noticed that he uses this program called Shot Designer, mm-hmm. which a friend of mine had mentioned to me about before a couple of years ago, and I'd never used it. But, but it kind of gives you this, this overhead plotting of how, of how you're going to do the blocking on a scene. Hmm. And it's interesting because it'll do the camera moves and the actor moves for you. You just go, oh, I'm going to move from here. He's going to walk from here to here. Camera's yeah. going to dial here to here. And Is that you, the
1: one that moves and stuff? Yeah, it moves. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I've, so I've been playing with that, too, because I said to myself, hey, look, the script's not ready yet. Dialogue wise, right. but what they what they have to do it's gonna physically. It's going to end in the same it's gonna, spot. Yeah, it's so going to begin could, and end in the right. same. place and and, and, and it's one set, one location set. So you know, there's not a lot of place. So, but I've been figuring out like places to put the chairs, like how, how to how to dress, how to kind of set some of the location mm-hmm. design by doing this. Oh, what would this mm-hmm. look like? You know, photographically. Right. Um, so I've been doing that. Um, so I'm just trying new things that's also why I'm nervous too because I'm trying to do because it's like we don't have a lot of time to do any of this yeah. only one day yeah. so I have to be so efficient mm-hmm. and you know and I'm trying to figure out you know and, and that's the thing prep in all aspects of this particularly in writing yeah. is, is, where, is, is where it all comes yeah. down to you know so that's, that's well I'm planning I'm, to
1: get with the writers this week I know we have a meeting tomorrow but I'm planning to, we're talking about this new web series Chris is directing and I'm I'm producing <clears throat> and um, we're going to shoot it like in 20 days so you need to take off work by the way thank you for um, the part <laughs> <laughs> <What's your name? laughs> uh, yeah we'll see we'll, we'll find something um, so anyway uh, so we're about to direct Chris is about to direct this project but the scripts are coming in and we need to they still need a lot of work you know yeah just from what we expect out of out of the work so it's In the way of a lot of things right now, the good thing is we know it doesn't interfere with, like you said, the set design and the things that we know we have to do, but it interferes with you as your process and the things that you do. Yeah,
2: Well, yeah, because it's, you know, because like I was telling one of the writers, so, you you know, there's these three questions you ask when you write a scene. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if people are taught this or not.
1: Um, not, not enough
2: Not enough right. or, it, it, or It's a You know It's this thing That David Mamet Had mentioned It has been like 10, 12 years ago He wrote this memo To When he was in The struggle of the unit And he, this memo It was he wrote He like He he like Lambasted his Writing staff mm-hmm. And then And this memo Leaked Oh I remember that Yeah And yeah, it, yeah. and I remember And I uh, I got a hold of it oh, Like 10 years ago Yeah At least a long, time, least time, a long ago. time ago yeah. It was even longer Than that mm-hmm. Maybe 15 Right um, And And but he mentioned There's these three questions He asked And it's a playwright thing mm-hmm. It's like When you're writing a scene You gotta ask yourself Who wants what Um And What happens if they don't get it mm-hmm. And why is that scene Happening now Right So you ask those three questions About every scene And then you It'll help you kind of shape Cause Cause Cause, cause Who wants Wants the conflict Right and, and when you, so when you're deciding that, you say to yourself, this is what A character wants. This is what B character wants. Mm-hmm. Those things, those things have to be diametrically opposed to each other. Mm-hmm. It, should, it should have a flip. Yeah, so it can right. make the, I mean, and he always says, <clears throat> Mamet, Mamet always says in the other thing he's seen, he's like, it can be as simple as like, you know, I want to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to let me go to the bathroom because right. you want to talk to me about something right now. it's right. like, "Hold on, dude, I gotta take a shit. <laughs> yeah. You can talk to me later." So <laughs> no, I gotta, you know, you can stand at the door no, while yeah, I while I do that. this. But you
0: know, I mean, but, but, you
2: know what I'm <laughs> saying. But 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 there's that level of like, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Just can you hold on? And it can be it can be that simple. And it can. And it, but, but the guy, but the guy who wants to, the guy who wants to talk to you, or the woman wants to talk to you. She's so adamant right. what to talk to you. So that just creates the conflict in the scene right. you know Um and, you know but then someone else told me this other thing it was like and this is a directing thing too it's like this is this is a fourth question you ask you gotta, and this is, this is what I was telling uh, the writer I was <coughs> like and what's the fulcrum in the scene hmm. that's the flip that's the turn right. like where's this Like if you don't so if you look at a scene and you don't have
1: those mm-hmm. then people are just talking right or the button or the whatever sure. you know yeah, yeah,
2: you know, and just, and and the scene can go on, and then you're like because mm-hmm. the, the thing is that you say to yourself again, because I was cause, you know because I read the scripts and I liked what they did at the end of the go, oh, because it's cool kind of cool, mm-hmm. but, but then I started thinking about like what I got you know what if the actors come to me and say, what's this scene about Right. see then I can't, then I was like but I don't know how to tell them that because mm-hmm. I didn't really notice about myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the end result is cool, right. but to get there, it's like, you know, I was telling the writer, I was like, <coughs> hey, you know, it's like you start at the bottom of the hill and get to the top of the hill, right. and it can be a straight line, and the top of the hill is great, but the straight line is boring. Right. I need that valley, I need that, you know, you know, like the
1: damn Dead see, Man's Curve. See, we'll, we'll get to you in a minute, Sonny, forgive me. And, and we, we invited Sonny on also, Sonny's a young writer, just moved to L.A., So, this episode is actually going to be called The Super Fan.
3: Hi, everyone. (laughs) What's up, Sam? How you doing, girl?
1: (laughs) Am I a fan at this point? Or fam?
3: I think you're a fam at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I definitely a <laughs> I, I don't think we have yeah, really
4: no. an awkward moment. No, but right? I think like, <laughs> you know what? Like I, I think a he's a
1: stepchild. Yeah, yeah, I think yes, he's a yeah.
3: stepchild. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay,
1: he that middle son in the middle.
3: <laughs> you're definitely not Cinderella anymore. Ooh, so right, yeah. Cinderella. Right, she's
1: trying to that. take your Cinderella spot. Hey, take it. I can the throne. Um, what was I saying? Fucking forgot my damn thought. Sorry. Scene. I got a on people. What was that? Scenes. the flip, Flipping the scene. It was something, yeah, it was something about flipping the scene. It was something you just said at the end, too, and I fucking forgot it. About the mountains. About the hills. The hills. Yes. Um, I was talking about how I was, I was actually, we were, we were putting everything together the other day. We were wrapping up uh, our big meeting the other day, and I was walking with Willie, and I said something about, well, you have to think about that Your just because it's like six or seven pages, doesn't mean it's still not Act 1 and Act 2 and Act 3 in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's part of the problem. You don't even see it. You just see it as a scene. Yeah. You gotta see it as well
2: th- that's the thing too.
1: But that's what give you those terms. Those
2: terms. And that I mean? and look, and 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 who else said this? You know I was telling everyone last year they, they 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 gotta read that book, the the that quarterly called the Paris Review? Yeah. You gotta read this because, because look, it's expensive as hell. Um, it's like fifty dollars for a subscription for the year, and it's and you only get four, but you get ac- but you get access mm. online to all of their issues from right with all the interviews from the, and the interviews, interviews and, the and the short stories from the <laughs> last sixty years, mm-hmm. and that's why I pay for it because those interviews are so important, and it's like I, you know I was reading one the other day with um. Uh, Michael Hanukkah, this, your mm-hmm. d- d- director, he did this movie called Funny Games and some other stuff and p- The Piano Teacher. Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> everyone should see that movie. It, it, it'll <laughs> fucking
1: change your whole perception of, of, of what. It's like you got some shit to put in show notes. I mean, yeah. That <laughs> movie. Is this
3: is like part of the podcast he's like, if you have not watched it, you're well, fucking up. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, well, it, it, I mean, it is.
2: And it's, okay, so, okay, so Michael Hanukkah is this German director. He makes these really, really, like, tough, the emotionally tough movies. Like, I talking about all movies, you know, like, 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 don't you know, have the depth of, um, television shows. I was like, I was like, that's American film because sure. the, everyone does, people are afraid to make stuff that will fucking scar you as a cinema <laughs> goer. But in The Piano Teacher, it's about this, uh, Isabelle Huppert plays this piano teacher and she, is fucked up. Mm. And uh, she, there's a scene where someone like doesn't want to take her l- like lessons to heart. Some little kid, like a 14 year old. Mm-hmm. And so what she does mm-hmm. is, and this was so fucked up, um, she like crushes up some glass and puts it in her coat pocket, hmm. the, like the student's coat pocket. Hmm. And you know this isn't like it's, 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 and he's it's supposed to be 2%. learning how to
1: play the piano. This one's how to play the piano. Yeah, she fucking up his hands. Yeah, Damn. yeah.
2: Because <laughs> you would not listen to me. Put, so when she puts her hands in the pocket in the cold, hitting glass, I was like, "That's Damn. a fucked up person. That's Damn. a fucked up person." But anyway, but he was saying, and people said this before, but I've just read this recently. He was saying that again. He's like, "Look, um, um, every scene has to be its own mini drama." You know, so that as you saying about yeah. the beginning, it, and you've got to have all that because mm-hmm. that's how you like shaping the scene yeah. and, and you do all those things. You know, the acting thing about, you know, like how like you come into the scene, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you want to leave is, is all that stuff. You know, the actors look for. You need to be. That's why I think the, the writer should be reading some of those actor books. So
4: as a as an actor writer, um the one thing that we harped on it is, it does go back to David Mamet. Richard Scott, y'all. Hey, sorry about that. I'm late. Somebody <laughs> broke into my car. It's so okay. Um, Welcome to Hollywood. Uh, no, this is Sherman Oaks. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, Long story short, um, I think the most important aspect of my acting career that I learned was the importance of the B change, which is that new information or that new thing that mm-hmm. changes, and that is the fulcrum. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, in the, in our, It's interesting because um, as an actor, like... The, the beat change is the most beautiful part of the scene. I've, I've watched, I've had to watch hundreds of scenes, like, and in Russia, like, mm-hmm. just too many. <laughs> but <laughs> when you see someone just pick up a Twix, you know, yeah. that was left for them, but they're fucking gluten, they're gluten, they have a gluten allergy and their right. partner left the Twix. And it's like, you're going to tempt me with the one thing that could fucking kill me. Yeah. Now it turns into <laughs> I want to fucking divorce. Right. Like, th- that's what's so beautiful about the scene. And like, as a writer now, um, I'm working, I'm rewriting this new show called Labors of Love and the first draft is great. I love it. Like, I would send it out tomorrow. But mm-hmm. people gave me notes and I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Read the room. Don't be an asshole. Um, <laughs> Good That, note. Good that note. said...
1: That's a t-shirt too. <laughs> <laughs> that
4: said, the shit flows. Like, it yeah. slaps as is. Uh, so anyways, blah, blah, blah. Um, in our writing module, they gave us um, this beat sheet breakdown and the important part of the um, the beat sheet is... For your scenes, when you're beating out your scenes, it's beginning, middle, end. Right. And if you can't succinctly describe every scene with those three sentence in those three sentences, then you need to go back to the drawing board hmm. because your scenes should have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that middle is what Chris is talking about. Right. That middle is what's what's usually from missing. From exactly. The yeah. The, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, because you know, people.
2: You know, I was talking with um, Malcolm Spellman one time. You mm-hmm. know, and I was he was talking about. Something that he read of mine, or we were talking about something? I was like, yeah, man, you know, it's like that's. He asked me about directing. I was like, uh-huh. he's like, well, well you got a what's your choice? I was like, I was like, I can't. I have to do them both. He's like, well, so I was like, as a director, I get so much out of it because I because I see where, like, I see where my writing lacks when I start thinking about it in as in a director. Right. I go back and go, oh, how's he actually going to play this scene? If, you know, I mean, and a lot of it's some because a lot of us think about this thing that Pam said, you know, Pam was like, you know, like, 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 find that one scene in the whole movie that's gonna, um, uh, that's gonna get them to, to, to want to be in the movie, right. you know, <clears throat> um, and that's just, you know, but, 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 but so, cause that's what the actor was looking for. And that's, and so it's all this kind of thing you think about when you're writing. It's like, okay, how do I do this? And you get my stuff made. And I was, I was watching the, the Helen Mirren, um, uh, a master class this mm-hmm. morning for a little bit. She was saying, yeah, hey, this is something she, this is something she does. She was like, I hate to say this. this is, this is how venal I am. So she said, I was like, what are you talking about? Venal, damn. <laughs> yeah. And so she said, so she said, so if people come to you and say, Hey, I got this script, it's a good, it's a great part. It's not really on the page. <laughs> but... Uh-huh. but but an actress like, you can really kill it. <laughs> and she's always like, well, when I hear that,
5: mm-hmm.
2: I go and I look in the last four pages, the of, last the, four last pages? Four pages of the script. Mm-hmm. And if my character is there mm-hmm. doing something substantial, mm-hmm. then, no, if she's in the last page, if I'm there doing something substantial, well, then I'll go back and read the script if I'm on the wow. last page. Wow. And she said, if I'm not there then I go back and see how far away from the end I am to see where I, and, and then I read that scene. And, and was my final scene, did it create an impact on the rest of the movie? Wow. You know, and she's like, if I did, then she was like, oh, he got to park, she's like, I'll flip back a few pages, maybe, I don't know, eight or nine, and she's right. like, oh, here's a role I would play. Right. And then she's like, but that scene, if, that's, if that scene, she's like, and she's like, and then it doesn't matter how much more I'm in the rest of the movie. If that final scene i if I'm not the main character mm-hmm. if that impacted
1: the story or the main character the most that's why I'll do the movie. But see that's exactly that's exactly what we're talking about. This is what I'm always telling writers all the time about when they're talking about casting whatever and like you can get faces in your movies or in your TV shows if they do that. If they have a scene. They have, they have they have a scene they, that's they, like, damn, they, I haven't vivid. done this yet. Yeah, you know, or I get to I get to beat up the villain. I get to whatever. I get to curse the white man. Yeah. I get to what I get to slap the girl. Whatever the fuck the thing is for them, you know, everybody wants that moment. It's you know? interesting
3: because you always hear about like the first five pages or like the first ten pages, but I never heard about like
1: you know why the last page because I think that's a rule that's came, that, that came they they came from. Getting so many That people are like You know what I can tell Because you, you know All of us have been Reading scripts for you You can literally I was telling somebody The other day I can read a script Like I was telling The guys I was like I read your script And went, You haven't read this On paper yet I can just tell Looking at it You know what I mean So it's the same Thought process With the five page thing I can read your script And in five pages Tell if I want to Keep going
2: Well so, right? Okay right Now there's two, So there's two different There's two different Things going on there That really if, if you're writing the script to get it past gatekeepers, to get people interested, like producers and money people, they need to feel that the script is, is going to be engaging as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. That's outside of the, that's outside of your actual writing craft. That's, see, that's the thing. Like the writing craft, I can tell on page <laughs> one if you know how to write. Mm-hmm. You know, it's by page, Around 10 or so Then it's like Am I engaged enough In this story right. But But that's enough For them to think about it from a, from a commercial Production point of view Right To get actors on board Is a whole different Is a whole different Fucking Like Like Procedure That you still have to Kind of You still gotta be working on As the writer It's like You know Cause you know Again it's like What's his name Uh Jack Nicholson was saying In that little interview He said on The Shining mm-hmm. You know the, the Making The Shining He was like You know I take a, um, a go, like a, like a, like a yellow highlighter. And if I don't see my name in the first two pages, I'm not, it was the characters that I'm offered, I'm not doing the script. <laughs> Damn. But see, he's playing the lead yeah, of everything. True. So it's the lead, it's like, you better yeah. show up early. Right. Or like, why are you there? Mm-hmm. But Helen Mirren is like, she's not necessarily going she's not, she's not to get the lead. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to be the lead for what she is in her career. Mm-hmm. She could get some role, come in and just kill it. like in. True. And, and, and even a craziest movie like Red she was in, She's coming to into it late in the film.
5: True.
2: But it's like, She's a cool role. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things that you... But she got to do... She got to, to blow do, up shit. Whatever. Whatever. yeah. yeah. Exactly, she had never, right. never done in her career. Right. You know, I think a lot of people say, you know... Because she was in the movie Caligula. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people go, what the fuck was she doing in that yeah. movie? You know? Yeah. But it's like... But she's comfortable with her body. She's comfortable with her body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Uh, she was an older woman. At, she was a little older at that point. Because she'd been acting since around the late 60s. Right. So now she's uh, maybe like 30 or something like that. And okay. at that time, they're like... Um, that time, you know,
1: it's also England. It's England, but also, different.
2: but also at that time in the industry, if you were hitting thirty, well, they were like you're no longer sexy woman. Right. So she's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I, if I, I have a banging body, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be nude in this, and I'm gonna have you know, and also I'm gonna have naked men on chains, right. you know, walking Ooh. around the, 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 admiring, yeah, them. yeah, <laughs> right. the, the, you know. The, I was like, well, okay, shit, you know, because what kind of woman gets to like control men that way, right. you know? So you could look at it as like that's a lot of reason why people do stuff, mm-hmm. um, and, that, and that people aren't you know it's it, you know it's a, like actors. I think I saw. Remember I seen this last time.
1: No one wants to do your movie. It's true. They want to make, movie. They want to make the movie that they, they already want to do, do, but version the version of it, vers- yeah. it is and something then, to that. And nature. actors are like, I don't give a fuck mm-hmm. what your movie is. Right.
2: Is my role cool?
1: Right.
2: They don't give a shit about what the. I mean, they want it, to look good. Yeah, because if you if you go in there and try to pitch them on the story, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, whatever. -hmm. You know what? It's not Shakespeare, so it's not the best story there is. You
1: know, I mean, that's what that's what they could think. Mm -hmm. So you better get them some other way. And you and I both know from having you know close friend who's a casting director. She tells us she doesn't sell your scripts by the story. She sells your scripts by the moments. Yeah. She gets on the phone with the star and go. There is a moment where you do this. You have not done this yet. Hollywood will trip when they see you do this. She's doing this. You know what I mean? And they that's what makes them go. You know what? Send it to me. You know, not, it's a story about a woman who, blah, 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 she fuck all yeah, that I shit No, <laughs> no, 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 they don't care Anyway, let's jump right in, let's yes. get on in <clears throat> So today we got my girl, is it Sonny Yoakum?
3: Sonny Josham.
1: Joshum, that's what I said um, Sonny yes, Joshum, <laughs> she's trying to pretend like she Haitian or something
3: see. <laughs> I am Haitian, y'all, I am definitely Haitian what Was I born a prince Yeah, in I, was this yes. I was born that's there, I was born there, yeah
1: <laughs> Welcome to the show, girl
3: Thank you. I just, it's weird. Like, this is the part where I have, like, my notepad on, and I'm, Mm -hmm. like, writing everything Chris says. Like, every time I hear you fucking up, I'm like, all right,
5: definitely
3: (laughs) fucking up. (laughs)
4: I don't even know what You're I say. fucking up if you don't that's, XYZ. You shit on dot, everyone. You shit on everyone. Everything they've ever done. It's a new t shirt. It
2: should be a new yes, t shirt. Exactly. I don't even know what I say. I really don't.
4: You just make people feel inferior for like five minutes and then you pull us out of it. I know these clothes. I never <laughs> make I feel inferior. I never <laughs> do. I never do. I sit in the corner. I'm like, damn, dog. I'm really fucking up.
1: so um super fan
3: yeah welcome to the show thank you y'all i have been listening to this podcast (laughs) since 2014 it was first when um hillard and lisa lisa i miss you please come back lisa hillard hilliard hilliard yes or Hilliard or Hilliard Hilliard Okay, yeah, hey, yeah. got it all right so I've been listening to this podcast and 214 um it was first when you guys were on the page podcast mm-hmm. and you guys were talking about like how to write black characters okay, and I think right. you guys were like maybe a couple months into the podcast after that like when you guys mm-hmm. went on that I feel but like
1: we maybe a year maybe we'd done it I Remember, we did 10 episodes on another Podcast. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. And then that's probably why. But yeah.
5: Okay.
3: Yeah. So, mm-hmm. just, and I was listening to like all the screenwriting podcasts before mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be writer. I was like a PR track. I wanted to be like <laughs> Olivia Pope, you know? Yeah. Yes, yes. We need
4: people like you. Olivia yeah, Pope is people not like real. Like <laughs> I didn't
3: I wanted to write Olivia Pope. I didn't necessarily want it to be Olivia Pope. And then kind of like she
1: killed a couple people too, yeah. you know? Hey, it's okay. We all got bodies.
3: <laughs> Stares into the space um like probably my last like um chris was asking me how many movies i did i wasn't really interested in like making movies or writing but like my last year of college i was like oh i really want to do this like this is like i kind of been working towards writing but like listening to all the podcasts and reading the books but it was more so like i was just doing it for fun like mm-hmm. I, in my mind i was like I'm going to be Olivia Pope. I'm going to be like a PR, publicist, everything. And I was like, oh, that sounds very boring. Not if you, if that's your profession, you know, that's okay too. But so yeah, that's
1: my story. So you've been here how long now?
3: I've been here about uh, five months. Oh wow! Yeah,
4: still sure,
1: got thumb so in the mouth. Just yeah. Are you in the valley? You in the city?
3: I, I don't know places yet. She's okay. in
1: right in hollow by the ArcLight. She's over by you by the school by the LA Film School.
3: Oh. Okay. Oh yeah yeah. Okay. <clears <clears <throat> I remember that because like Uber Eats passed that when I check on on the map so. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <How> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> you live by the ArcLight?
3: Yeah yeah. Okay. Oh
4: That's in the middle of Hollywood y'all. Oh, that's by the twenty four hour fitness I like that one's cool. Yeah, yeah. definitely definitely.
3: Um,
1: so like you said, welcome to the show. We're like, well, we have you here. You got us all on the mic, you know, maybe a chance for you to ask us some questions as a fan, you okay. know what I mean? There things that have been burning inside of you that we haven't, because every time we do an episode about something, people are like, well, you didn't ask that question. I'm
3: like, bitch, you wasn't here to ask it.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? So, no, thank you, God.
3: Okay so like when you had like the Download Chronicles it was like Quincy and DeAndre mm-hmm. you talked about like the alter- DL, DL, yeah the DL series mm-hmm. you talked about like alternative ways to get into the WGA and how you can use web series to go yep. um, use that so can you just go like elaborate a little more about well, that Well it's
1: funny we we're, we're talking about it now with the guys right now I'm trying to make sure that they while they're doing the LLC and they're getting all the shit together <clears throat> that they go ahead and um, make it a Writers Guild series so a lot of a lot of writers don't realize, and please jump in if I don't say everything correctly, um, a lot of writers don't realize that you can produce a web series and that can qualify you to get into the writer's guild. There is a couple stipulations, though. One I know, and I, I know we need to have Tiffany Black on because she actually did it. If she did, so did Gino. Yeah, a couple people did it. So <clears throat> where uh, you have to do all the paperwork, you have to do all that stuff. In essence... Your company hires you, not you hire, you know what I mean? That's the only way you can do it, I think. But yeah. I, think, I almost think it has to be on a different name, it can't even be under your name. Yeah, you, you,
2: you have to so you have to set up a company that becomes a signatory. Right. And that doesn't cost you any money to be a signatory to WGA, it costs you money to set up a company. Correct. Right. Uh, I think that's, you know, an LLC is like $70 to set that up, and you got to pay $800 every year to keep right. it going. So you're looking at about
1: a grand.
2: Yeah. You know. And then you, and then it's 2,500 once you join a Mr. GA. There's a certain number of, ep- probably a certain number of episodes or hours or whatever. There's some, yeah, you just, get points. You, know, you, you get it. points. That, and it's on the website about, like, how, how to join. Because I don't know this that mm-hmm. this part any well. Um, and then you just do the, the, the uh, web series through. the the thing and then you you have to follow some rules that if you're gonna be a signatory, you know, and 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 there's dispensation I mean not dispensation, there's like a um um there's a there's a different threshold for how much how how you're paid or Mm -hmm. how much you're paid. See because like if you're gonna you know come in as a feature writer, the minute you get hired, then you've like been qualified for the points. Mm-hmm. Does not
1: it, it matter if it's a movie of the week? Because the scale is it's so a, high. This, yeah, you know, you're. I think it's like forty seven thousand, like something. It's really yeah. But it's, so what I, you I, get about
2: essentially, that. you have to have two hours of of what's considered two hours of written material. So there might be two episodes of television, right. of of of, of hour long. Right. It might be four episodes of of sitcom,
5: mm-hmm.
2: um, or it's one movie.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, the thing is the mo- the movie doesn't 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 have to be produced to get in you know you just if you if they pay you to write it you know that's the that's the thing like beyond that it's not up it's not up to you you know it's just like certain people I know you know they're on shows and th- and they get an episode and maybe they write their episode but then the show gets canceled before they film their episode right. um or the film their episode and it still gets canceled and it never airs right so, and, the, the, and happens all the time yeah then mm-hmm. you know then that still qualifies mm-hmm. it still gives them qualify so there's some sort of like uh, there's some episode number yeah. that it's also under the new media contract yeah there's, yeah the new media thing so' it's, it's, <clears> so there's it's not the same as the like, like you don't have to do two hours two hours of web series to i mean if you if you did that would be cool but there's some you know what' I don't, I don't, on the, the I mean, you know there'll be a link in the show notes on that at the wga site but then you do that and then if you follow what it is and then you have to pay the main thing is that you have to pay. The fringes on whatever you pay the writers. And that's like 13% on top of their salary because that goes into the pension and health. And that's what they're looking for is like, you know, are you serious like, like on that? And if your web series actually does make money, um, which, you know, they can do, you mm-hmm. know, depending on, on, on how you monetize it or you choose to monetize it, you, well, then you gotta pay, the writers, the residuals there's like a, there's like a residual kind of like right. whatever uh, scale on that too. <clears throat> you just have to do those things right.
1: and it's not I know, I do know that it's not you don't have to pay the writers a lot of money you know to do it you, they just you have to pay them something something yeah that, that can go into the – it's all about pension and health it's not yeah. I, I think I remember I talked to them like five years ago about it. And they were like it could be twenty five dollars it could be a hundred dollars it could be five hundred dollars so there's different things you just need to have the conversation with the new media contract um department and they'll because they want they want the writers to do this. So they'll 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 work with you. You know what I mean? The best it, you can Yeah and they
2: also they also want um, as much of you know, like this like the streaming type of stuff on as is guild covered. Because right. they need it for these negotiations. They need to so they can so they can leverage you know, I mean, because I believe that like YouTube Red mm-hmm. is, is 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 guild covered. Yeah. I think it's only covered because yeah. so, so many people were guild covered who who did shows on YouTube
1: before before they did the Red. Right. So. And it's the lowest of the low contracts, yeah. but, it's yeah. guild, but it's still. But, you know, but, they, but yeah. they
2: have it for all the unions. Right. I mean, they, the SCRE, the SAG has it, and right. you know. Right.
3: Is this something you think about before <clears> you doing <throat> a web series, or like after you have already done the web series? Oh no, you have, have to do
1: it before. You have to do before, yeah.
3: And then yeah. you would be like a associate member or something, something? like
1: that. Yeah, well, I think, then, yeah, it's like a well, you're a member. You get your card, um, but I think you're just not a full, fledged member. But, but, I don't think you can vote and stuff. I'm not sure. I think until you get past that two-hour thing you were talking about. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, yeah. I mean, at the moment, I don't know because Mm -hmm. I know that they announced something. I'm not sure if you can vote in the the elections, but you probably could vote for the... Yeah, I
3: checked online. You couldn't vote.
2: Like now because they just passed a thing like patty Carr mm-hmm. and i pushed this thing through this year where the post current members and i think and the caucus members i think are able to vote for the WGA awards which okay. means that it, which means that you'll have a card you can go to this theater to see the screenings and you'll mm-hmm. get the dvds and and the, and the oh, screeners really? so interesting. yeah they mm-hmm. she just pushed they just pushed that through like okay. like once they won the election I was okay. put on I that was things they it. wanted so mm-hmm. um <clears throat> You know, which is great because the, the, you know the thing about all that is, you know, there's no other guild that has that post current thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, so if you're a screen actor member, you're always a screen actor member. Yeah. You can always vote,
1: it, it doesn't matter here. It worked yeah. in ten or fifteen years. I've been a screen actors guild since I was 15, 16 you know, years old. Yes, yeah, I've not acted in twenty years, this, and I still get residuals. Yeah,
2: same thing with the DGA, everything like that. Like, so the, the writers guild, the writers guild put that post current thing in there because they were afraid that. There was a time period where a bunch of people who were kind of from the 60s and 70s, their careers were then, and now they were older. Right. They were afraid that those people would vote for strikes when mm. things would come up. Mm-hmm. You know, now
1: granted, there was never a, why would they vote for strikes because it, it, it was more of the culture or something or no they just
2: no there was just this there was a fear that those people who weren't working because they were because they kind of aged out of the business oh, it wouldn't hurt them to strike it wouldn't hurt them to strike God. but and and, and, they, and they were bitter so they right. wanted to cause strikes Interesting. so they kind of put this thing in so they voted this thing in i don't know when they did it sometime in the last twenty years, mm-hmm. and now they just got rid of it because it was kind of like who's determining who's a writer you know. Right who's making that statement. Just just because... Because, you know, as a feature writer, you... It, it, you know, it might take you 18 months to close between, like, you go and you pitch and they want you to do it and before the whole thing is ironed out and you get your money and everything. It might be 18 months. Oh, yeah. You know, or long... And, and you're doing these free drafts and shit and it's kind of like... That makes it hard for you to to potentially to maintain your status mm-hmm. because you're not going to get enough money, right. you know, to to I mean particularly to keep your pension in health. Right. You know, if they stretch out over 18 months. So, um, yeah. Next question.
3: All right. Oh, did you have something you wanted to add, ask, Mister?
2: I
0: forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Take notes, man. Take notes.
3: <laughs> okay, so Chris, I know at some point you talked about like. When you first meet someone, like there's like an eight day rule or something like you don't email them on a Friday or like during the weekends and you don't email them on a Monday. So like can you go over. This, that rule? Is, this
1: is his rule. Yeah. The rule.
3: Can you go over that? I rule? Think, I think it's a good rule. I though. think
1: you gave it a copy. Right. You did. You disclaimered. So, OK,
2: so um, when you meet, it's not when you meet people, when you meet people, you want to try to like get just follow up with them probably the next day. You know, or that same day, you know, um.
1: If I give you my card, I'm he, expecting you to hit me back hit me within up, a day or two. Yeah,
2: within a day or two. Yeah. The, the eight day rule thing is about following up after you send someone right. something. Okay. So, like, if I send you a script or I send you an email, if I, if, it's basically if I want something from you, then you need to give me, like, like eight days, but, right. but b- b- between the time. Cause you never know what. Why somebody, eight days? You had a reason for that. Uh, because it, because it was, it was kind of to give someone like, like, to give someone the weekend and then the next day. That's it. You know, I mean, you should always think about, because a lot of times people won't read during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, and they might just read on Sundays or something like that. So, they, so it might, so, so if I meet you on like a Thursday night, you say, oh yeah, man, blah, blah, blah. And I hit you on Friday morning and you am like, hey, send me something. Then, you know, it's like, okay, boom. You know, um, I sent it to you. Don't call me on Monday to say, hey, did you read? You know, like you should wait until, I, I, that's a Friday. You should wait until the, the the Monday of the following week. So not the next week, but that following week. You know you know what I'm saying? Just to, to to give me those two weekends to maybe get to it. Now, the thing is, I might not get to it. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, like when we, we met, when we were at, at uh, like Yvette's um, uh, uh, candidate thing, you know, when we met that, that one guy, mm-hmm. remember? And he was like, oh, I'm gonna read your clip, send it to me, send it to me. Right. And I said it to him like the next day, mm-hmm. you know, um, he's like, look, I, he was like, I look forward to reading some blah, blah, blah. I said, you know what? Um, he's, he's a big TV guy. Yeah, hey. So, so I said, hey, I'll, um, uh, I said in the email, I'll, um, I'll hit you up in two weeks mm-hmm. You know Just to follow up And he's like Okay cool I'm looking forward to it So I hit him up in two weeks And he was like Dude I'm handling like uh, The crossover event On the Arrowverse And I'm working on cool. Carnival cool. Row right. And we're starting a production And I was So I just had enough time I was like Got it Because you're fucking busy so yes. if You're working on two sh- Two right. different shows I said hey um, I'll hit you up Right before Thanksgiving And this was like Two weeks ago I was like, that's oh, realistic. Yeah, it's realistic. That's realistic. I said, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'll, I'll give you six weeks. Yeah. Because I know how fucking busy <clears throat> you are, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that might seem like a crazy amount of time, but it's like, I need him to read my thing, and if I pressure him You need him, him to, to
1: do it when he wants to yeah, do when it. Yeah, he wants to do it. Or he know? will not enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, you know-
4: Joy, Rich. Um, yeah. There is someone who did not- <laughs> I have a certain friend that Hilliard knows who I'm oh, going to yeah. reference, and she does not understand that. Yes. And, um, I remember getting, uh, she sent me her, her script. It was like, it's a feature, so it didn't take time. <laughs> right. And, uh, she was like, um, can you read any feedback? Cause I have to send the producers. And I was like, all right, well, I can do it by Thursday. Mm-hmm. And she sent it to me Monday. Mm-hmm. So.
1: That's a realistic time.
4: But even to say You see need Thursday, three hours at least, yeah. maybe four. And I, <laughs> you work, know? I work six days a week. Right. And so, uh, she hit me up Wednesday and was like, hey, have you read my script yet? And I was like, did yeah. i not say thursday like <laughs> in the email like it's a written record, <laughs> <laughs> it's a written, record. It's a written record, like it's written right there it's
3: in the show notes
4: it is, it's thursday so then she calls me thursday morning's like hey no. is it done i'm like yo and I, I said to her like you can't do this like in real life mm-hmm. like i'm your homie but like i'm already like I don't want to read it anymore and now when I sit down to read it my mindset has changed where I'm no longer reading this to enjoy it and to be pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. I'm now reading it saying this shit better be the best film script I've read in a long time for you to justify
1: pressuring me like this. So you have to stop everything you're doing to do it. Yeah,
4: yeah. and I, I think I learned that helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. And like you said, putting things in perspective, there's a showrunner that I met at a WGA event who's mm-hmm. a brother who loves the Dallas Cowboys, the greatest team God ever created, sports team. <laughs> and, you know, we're supposed to, he was like, he gives me a phone number, gives me his email, and he was like, text me, whatever, hit me up. So I did. I, I texted him the next day, hey, there was just got no response. Mm-hmm. So I then emailed him. Uh, It's been four weeks later No response mm-hmm. So I emailed him again uh, I think this past week Saying hey You know blah, 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 Maybe call is better I'll give you a call You know End of next week So I'm going to call him Because yeah. I'm not just going to like Let that content But that would be the last away.
1: one I'd That would be Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: I'd be done yeah. I'd
1: call him He don't get you back I'd be
4: done Exactly But at the same mm-hmm. time It's like I've given you time I'm not pressuring you You said you would You were down right. So cool Um but like you said, Chris, I, there's a, a a man I met um, three days ago, four days ago. Mm-hmm. And they're um, doing a project with a major band like Earth, Wind & Fire. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, let's talk. Uh, hit me up. And I was like, cool. What I'm not going to do is fuck this up. Mm-hmm. So I texted <laughs> him literally the next day. Yo, this is Rich. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, cool. All right. Well, Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think... Also comes with preparedness, and I, I'll, I know I'm, I'm on a diatribe right now, so it's I apologize. Fine.
1: It's the rant room. But okay, that's enough. <laughs> um,
4: no, good, go. But just really quickly, um, I think, and I was talking to my friends about this. There's a big difference between not being prepared and not having the confidence to like actually follow up on a contact right. versus being prepared, having material, and saying, "I believe in this work, so let's talk." And I think that was my biggest flaw as a writer, and that's what fucked me up with mm-hmm. A with yep. Amazon. I uh, probably shouldn't be saying it I don't know okay. but anyways that's what fucked me up was that like when the exec was sometimes ready sometimes you
1: send sending it out too early
4: yeah, yeah yeah and I wasn't ready to put it out right. and so that fire may have gone out and I'm trying to rekindle it right now I'm doing everything I can to rekindle it but it was like in that moment I was just like damn I wish I had been prepared so that was the lesson I learned that's my long
2: run. yeah well okay so this, see I think the thing that people might not get when they're Starting off about is the is the pressuring people and it's like this guy that she met at the guild this black guy see so this is the thing that uh, I learned from you know I, there's this great book called Tribe of Mentors that Tim Ferriss put out a couple years ago and I and I love listening to his podcast because he has these he had these eleven questions that he asked everybody and he must have asked like two hundred people. Uh, or just too many people who are in the book. And, and they're, there's, there's, they're highly successful people in all sorts of careers. That's his whole thing. Is. He's like, what are the similar kind of traits that all, all successful people have as this thing? And, 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 and one of his things was, um, how do you say no gracefully? And I think that some people in this business don't know how to say no gracefully. And they, um, and, and they say yes, because they don't seem like an asshole, but then they will, uh, they'll like avoid you because they don't know how to like, if, for instance, like there was a woman who was on the show. She's a showrunner. I hit her up just recently because I went to have coffee with her to kind of like just talk about some stuff. And she was like, I can't do it now. I'm not taking any meetings until I have this new Netflix show until December. She said until December 20th, that's when all the are due." And then I go to Toronto on the first of the year. So she's basically saying I've got that small window from the twentieth to the, to the end of December, and as you know, that's that like like that's holiday time. So if you can wait till then, then I can meet with you. She said. She said, or if it can be a quick phone call, then we can talk. You know. Now the phone call is fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I prefer the meeting because I'm you know. But I was like, okay, cool. I always take the meeting. If you yeah. But but, but I said to myself, okay, it's this was like last week. So I'm like, or a week before, I was like, we're like, we're like a week into October. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I cannot meet with you. She's like, I'm not taking, I'm not, she's like, I'm not taking coffees. She said Mm -hmm. until
1: then. And I was like, I get it. You're fucking busy. What that tells me is more people have asked her. Yeah. (laughs) That she even said it. it. Yeah. But but see, the thing that people don't get is, so she's
2: a showrunner for a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it's a new show, new season, because she just came off of another show. And what people don't get about the, the mentality of the culture of the first season is it's like a startup business. There's nothing in place and no one knows how to do shit yet. There's no protocols, no. Nothing. Everybody's learning. They're, they're all learning. Everybody's learning. And on top of that, She's probably, been, she's probably been given A hundred million dollars that, that she's responsible for A hundred million dollars Yeah Now I know you're It's important to you But it's not was not worth A hundred million dollars To me Right That you know And it's like It's all these, it's all, it's all these other people That I have to deal with mm-hmm. And it's like It's the thing that, that Leonard Chang said When he was on the show He was like When you get to that level so much, of, so much of it is not the writing; it's the management of being able because you had to deal with the studio, the pod, the actors, the scripts, the room, the directors, the whole production staff thing. You, you do all that concurrently, mm-hmm. and, and what you want to do is come in and say, "Hey, can we have coffee and chop it up?" Yeah. No,
1: by the I yeah. got time. And you want to be yeah. upset with somebody for not yeah. doing yeah. it too. Like, so, so,
2: so, 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 mm-hmm. so, so you have to, so the perspective is, it's the thing that you always say. It is. is the thing I am trying to tell you. It's like, put yourselves in their shoes. And then you can like. Think, think like a fish. Yeah. And then like, okay. So now I get, so you, it's like, ask them favors, whatever. I mean, like, people who are, people who, people who give you their number, if they're at their, if they know how to say no and stuff like that, they're saying to you, I, Will be generous with my time if you know how to approach me, right. and if you do not approach me, get. Well, what are you doing? You're fucking up. You
3: know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on that, great. Right? A t-shirt. Yeah, it needs to be a t-shirt. Yeah, it needs to be a t-shirt. So yeah. on that, right? You're so up. like, you have time. You guys, um, a new writer asks for your time. You have time. You go to them for lunch or coffee or something like that. What are questions that you absolutely hate from new writers?
1: Well. And have I, a job No Well No I hate when Writers come I always have people come here I hate when I have a young writer come sitting I, I'm saying young It could be any age When I have a writer come sitting here And they start asking me questions Like they never even looked me up at all I'm like You didn't Google me You weren't curious You wouldn't <laughs> Like nothing To me you came in unprepared A lot of people I, You'd be surprised How many people show up And they're like Oh I just figured I'd come sit down And get to know you I'm like but it makes me worry about if I ever referred you to somebody, you're going to do the same thing to them. And it looks like you didn't do your research for them either. You know? So I hate that.
2: Well, well, see, this is the thing. That's terrible. That's someone, well, you
1: know. You don't have to watch everything it, I've ever done. No, you don't. So just look me up. And look like, okay, see, I so kind of get it. Uh,
2: so. I had a meeting the other week with a massive showrunner, right. and he had read my script ahead of time. Mm-hmm. This is something that Ben Watkins set up, mm-hmm. and I went in, but, but to prep for it, I was like, "Okay, what is this guy's like?" I knew what he was doing already, and that's why I wanted to meet with him. Yeah. But I was like, <clears throat> "So what does he do?" Or I am like like what's his career? And I went back, and I do this to a lot of people. I'll go where are the stepping stones. How do you start? What was the, you know, like, where'd you move up to? Mm-hmm. Like, where'd you jump to now go from, like, a, like someone on staff to now co-EP or someone running your show? I, I, I want to see those jumps because I'm not going to ask you how you did that, mm-hmm. you know? And then what, so this guy's work, I watched, like, I had seen a show he had done before and I loved it from about, like, five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And then he, so because he asked me, well, so you know what do you going to meet mean? with me? Hmm. You know, <clears throat> and I was, and I was like, okay, that's, you know, yeah. like, why? You gotta be ready for that. You gotta that. be ready for that mm-hmm. because you can be with anybody, you know? And cause I, cause I told Ben specifically, I want to be with these people. Right. And I, and so then I was like, okay, this is why. And I had a, and, and there was, there was my assessment of his work and why it spoke to me. And then I said, and the material that I write fits within that kind of frequency. Right. So that's why
1: I wanted to. So you're beat talking you. to the themes that he loves. Yeah, to talk I, about. yeah.
2: I mentioned the themes mm-hmm. that he loves. These characters you write and they're like damaged this way, and, but they look for this and Bob, you know. And he was and he was looking. He's looking. He was like, you know, and, and, and then he started telling me something about his life. Mm. You know, and he, and, he, and he was like, and he was, and then he mentioned why he liked my script three times. Mm. Seeing some of the script, I was like, okay, so you, so you're a writer, so you read my script, mm-hmm. and you like it a lot and you love the fact that I've learned about you, not just you're some name and I'm gonna meet you. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, and, and, then the, and then, you know, he was like, well, uh, I wanna work with you on something. Oh, good. You know, so, so he's like, so what are you doing? I was talking about these three shows. He was like, those all sound <clears throat> really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I met someone with a sci-fi and I need someone like you to go in with me. And he was like, you know what? I, I like what you're saying. Let's talk about this more. I want to work with you on something. Awesome. Because he was like, your script you can write. And personality-wise, because right. because I looked it up, mm-hmm. we have
1: the same sensibility. And right. when he
2: started telling me about his life and stuff that he did, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. see, so now I understand like the reason why that my script
1: hit home mm-hmm. for you because you had a background that, that you can relate to right. and understand that. And, and, and that's why things are subjective. They're subjective because of that, in my opinion. Some yes. people don't like something because, like, oh my, that reminds me of my sister, and I don't get along with her. It could be stupid it, it, reasons. It, but, yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly.
4: exactly. I, I literally been thinking about changing a script. I and mean, we talked about it over dinner because someone's like, oh, well, I don't like this character because of whatever. Mm-hmm. And so after, like, three weeks, this person told me, well, I don't like this character because it reminds me of an ex-boyfriend. Right. And it still hits home and fuck this character. And I was like, oh, whew. So that's your personal thing. I won't say baggage, mm-hmm. but that's something that... And no, it's their baggage. It's totally, yeah. it's totally
5: their
2: baggage.
4: And there's, Chris was like, well, sometimes that's a fuck you script. You know what, yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, fuck you. This is how it is. Mm-hmm. This is the way it's written. And right. that's it. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and, and the thing is, is, is that... It, I, this is the thing I have about people all the time. I'm the kind of person where I can read any script of any genre, and it doesn't have to be a genre that I like. Mm-hmm. And I do this with movies too. I can tell if it's good. I can yeah. tell if what you're doing is good. Like, like, are you good at your craft? Absolutely. You mm-hmm. know, it might not be for me. It Doesn't have to be for me. Like, like, everything isn't for everybody, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be very. And I said this one time: if something is for everybody, it's probably it's probably mediocre. Because you can't find objections with it. Yeah. But shit that really strikes, that causes these damn divisions mm-hmm. is like, um, that's the best stuff. See, this is the thing that people aren't really, people don't think about art in the way that how it affects people's like em- emotions in mm-hmm. a certain way. And I don't think that people think about movies and TV as, as art. But you know, like... um uh, so there's this really famous, famous symphony called the Rite of Spring that um, um Igor Stravinsky wrote, right? Now here's the thing about this: you would never. This is so.
1: Is Alan Watts somewhere? We're here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is what is so crazy about what how the power of art and which and you hear this story and you're like, what the fuck is this shit? He does this symphony at the first performance. There is a riot after he plays a symphony. <laughs> the people were so shocked at how, like, emotionally strong... I mean, and if... You know, if you look it up you hear it. it's a very um, um, intense piece. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, this guy's music caused a riot. Hmm.
1: <laughs> in, that, in 1635. No, no, right.
2: this is, no, this is... No, this is, this, is, like, this is like in the early 20th century. Really?
1: 20th yeah. 20th, oh, wow. No, because
2: see, the, there used to be these art movements in the early 20th century, like the right. Bauhaus right, right. And, the, and the Kandinsky people, the Blue Riders. Like, their art was so shocking hmm. that people were like what the f-? and they, would, they couldn't go they, they would go crazy hmm. There was a really interesting
1: like story they were on, they were on the LSD too they didn't tell you that well part. yeah so there's <laughs> a really
2: interesting story there's a podcast I listened to I, it's called should this exist or something like that thing it was called hmm. and this guy was talking about there was a painting in this museum in Amsterdam and it was maybe like it was a, it was like you know, like it was like thirty it was like, maybe like it was maybe like uh it was like um twenty or thirty feet long, maybe ten feet ten feet tall or something right. like that. And it was just blue and red, right? You know, and this motherfucker got so mad he came in and sliced it and sliced it up <laughs> with a knife. He's like, ah! And they caught him and like, why'd you do this it? like, because it's so like? What did you do? Like, and it was and it was and they were like, what? And I was like, I need to see this painting, but it's, but 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 you can't see it because he was like, there's so many layers of color and intensity in the red and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, that's the power of art. Hmm. But it, if it can cause one person to trip out like that, someone else is going to love it.
1: You know? Yeah, yeah, and I, I actually totally, totally agree with you that um, I think that is your job. Yeah. I think it was David Mamet also who said, I'll never forget, I feel like I went and saw him speak at, like, Screenwriters Expo, like, way back in the day, right? And somebody got up and they were like, you know, um, I loved your movie, blah, 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 but then you killed off such and such a character. Why did you kill them off? Like, some shit. And he went, uh, I did my job. He said, My job is to write characters that you want more of. Some shit like that. And I was like, Damn. Like, it was like bars. And I was like, Oh, okay. So that's your job, is to make characters like things we see. Like, you have a favorite character on Walking Dead or whatever. And they kill him off. He's like, Why did you kill him? Like, That's my job. Uh, I was supposed to kill I- him.
3: <laughs> oh, so. Uh- while we're on the topic of notes, right, so how do you know which notes to keep and which notes to discard? I know, like, if you see something twice, like, if someone if two different people have, like, the same note, you should probably look at that. But, like, how do you look at which notes to, like, keep and discard?
2: That's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, I – okay, so this is – so this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about in terms of, like, what's the sensibility of the person who is – who's giving you the notes. So so you have to kind of like... That's important, too. That's the first important thing. Yeah, so so you have to kind of figure that out. You know, because if you don't like my material for certain reasons, like, for instance, this thing you just talked about, right? Okay, this woman doesn't like that character. So she's going to give you notes about the script and the character that are kind of skewed because she can't get past that moment and that kind of thing. So It's personal, too. It's personal. So Mm -hmm. once you kind (laughs) of figure that out, if you can figure that out... Then you can say, okay, this character is, is gonna be a, is like a fucking firebrand. Some people are gonna hate it, some people are gonna like it, but that's actually good. So then you gotta listen to, so then you gotta listen to, and you also gotta say to yourself, am I changing this, or is there's no, a bump? So you gotta ask yourself, is it a bump because I wasn't clear about my intention on the page? And that's what there's, and that, you have to look at what, like, a, a rationale behind their note, because a lot of people don't know how to like say, "Well, I didn't like this scene because I understand what you were trying to do, but you didn't do right." Mm-hmm. That's and, 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 and most people don't know how to say that because they don't know like it, it's hard to do. So you have to kind of you have to look at that too and say, "Hmm," because I remember I, I remember I gave someone my Oson well script to mm-hmm. read, and they were saying. I don't know why you have him meeting all these stars, these big time people. I mean, I mean, like, it becomes this thing where it's like, well, he meets this other person and this is this, you know, and this person only in a different for, mo- for, he's in a movie just for a little bit. And then he changes around and meets blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's a shitty note because he's a fucking major star who knew fucking everybody. No, he can't even walk in the street. He can't, and, <laughs> and, 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 and his he's, life mm-hmm. is beyond, it's, t- it's telling me that you don't understand his life. Mm-hmm. Big stars, and you notice when you fucking if you kind of look around at stuff it is now, mm-hmm. they know each other, and a so when they small. go, yeah, so yeah. when they go to places like out of the, like in, in Europe or shit like that, they're gonna run into other big stars because mm-hmm. they can, and, and, and and you know I know you, so. That character is not, say, Duke Ellington Because it could be any piano player mm. in Paris It's because he knew Duke Ellington From when he was in, in New York 15 years earlier And Duke Ellington happened to be in Paris at that time mm-hmm. I, I know chronologically So I was like, they could meet They could meet totally, and then I saw a photo Mm -hmm. after I wrote the scene. I saw a photo where they were hanging out. I was like, "Well, then I can make up whatever the scene I want now, and Mm -hmm. it can mean something." So, so that person didn't understand what I was trying to do, and didn't understand the story structure that I was trying to say. You have to think about that. You have to think about that too. Like, does the person understand what you're trying to say? Because some people might give notes and not understand what a film can do. See, too many people have been. Uh, trying to look at books and they've been trying you know, to think there's a formula to writing movies and you've got to follow the formula and stuff like that. But if you've seen enough movies from around the globe, like stop thinking that everything has to be like the way a Hollywood movie is, mm-hmm. you've seen a movie from around mm-hmm. the globe, you will see things that will shock you, that will def- defy everything that happens in a Hollywood film, that just, you got to have this, and but the movie still works. Because,
1: every, every time, because every time.
2: because story, because you just you have one job, yeah. tell a fucking compelling
4: story. Parasite, yeah, there
2: go, go see yeah. it right I don't, now. Yeah, <clears throat> so that's so you so you look at the notes and say, okay, I know. So what he said, what he's really saying here is, is that like I didn't convey the intention right on the scene, or is the person just giving you like a personal thing, like I don't like this kind of shit in the movie. Yeah.
1: Well, that means you know what. Right. So what? I'm not asking you for that. Right. You know, I was thinking. Um, I love how you started with. The, it depends on who's giving you the note, right? Because there are some people who give you notes that you trust, that they give you a note, then they probably have something to say, you know. And then there are some people you give your scripts to, and they give you notes, and you're like, is it a personal thing, or are they looking at it because they were bumped somewhere, you know? <clears throat> I look at scripts. Like I said, me too, I can read any script, any genre, and enjoy it if it's good. And that's the truth, right? Because they take you on a ride. Now, I, I am somebody who studied with a lot of the greats, so I do have it logged in my head to follow the formula. But I also know how to break the formula. Because once you know it, then you can break it. So I understand that, how to take you on a ride. Right. And if the ride isn't taking me on this up and down, you know, um, cause and effect feel, that's where I get stuck. Not we're on page 18. You haven't done this thing. It's like we're on page 18 and we haven't felt this thing yet. That's what I'm looking at. Right. Yeah. I'm not emotionally engaged. Yeah. You know I'm what I emo-
2: mean? <clears throat> you know, for See, this is the thing. Like, you know, I've written a script that's it's one hundred and twenty seven, one hundred and twenty five pages. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Well, that's fucked up in the Hollywood game where people say don't go over 110 because that's what it says in the fucking right. Blake Schneider book. But then I was like, you know, at the time when I was writing the script, I was looking at, um, the Steve Jobs movie, the right. one that Aaron Sorkin wrote. Mm-hmm. Now that movie's a two hour movie.
1: All his scripts are long. <laughs> but it's a 180
2: page script. No, 194 page script. Wow, is it really? Yeah. Oh. But, wow. you know what, and if you read the script, almost, I mean, read the script and watch the movie, it's in there word for word. There's maybe a couple of scenes that are maybe like, like, because different. the voiceover is stretching no. or something, or oh, damn. Because Mammoth is like, motherfuckers talk fast. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Don't I always say about that. People yeah. always say that Mammoth speak, I mean, not right. Mammoth speak, the Sorkin, Sorkin speak is talk fast, and they do talk real mm-hmm. fast. That walking talking yeah. that he kind of developed in, in the West, the West Wing, they speak really fast, mm-hmm. and they have a lot to say, and they gotta say it fast. And and he, and he's designed the language to, um, he's designed the language to convey a lot of emotions in how it's the, in, in how the, it's delivered with speed, right. and so that's a trick that his he effective does effective speed, yeah. which is hard to it's, do. It's, right, I mean, you know, people always get intimidated by this. But it's like if you write yeah. a, I, a 192 page script and they're able to get it down, because remember they were saying there was a leak on that, that script was out in that Sony leak, you know. And then there was this thing, I remember reading the thing about it, and they were saying, people over at Sony were like, we can't do this script this long. And there's a back and forth, and and Sorkin was like, I will read the script out loud and record it, and I will show you how this is supposed, the speed this is supposed to be read at. Hmm. And he read it, and it came in at like under two hours and he was like, speak this fast. Doesn't matter for on his page. you know. And it's like that. And Tarantino does that too, because mm-hmm. because Tar- this technique that Howard Hawks developed in like the '40s for these screwball comedies. Because you can get a lot of like like these fast, quick jokes in if you speak really fast, speak yeah, over sure. each other, and then and then Up it just cord. yeah, and then it kind of spread out over more of Howard Hawks's films. <clears throat> and that's and Tar- Tarantino loved that. It's all pace. It's all it's pacing. All so
1: that's just another I, um, for a note. I am just thinking about. Um, there's a, first of all, there's an art to giving notes that a lot of people don't quite understand. Um, and then, like, a, some people are, get to the point where they've given so many notes that they get fed up with giving notes that so they just start saying, fuck it, I don't care, I just don't like this, I was bumped here, or whatever, instead of... Because here, here's the problem. I know I'm jumping a lot, forgive me. It's difficult to do. The reason why it takes two or three hours four hours to read a script is usually because you're taking the time to give them the proper notes. You know, I like to make a copy of it on paper or read it in PDF and write all my notes in PDF and it takes time to stop and write a paragraph about something. You know, to go, you know, I love what you did here, but have you thought about this? You know what I mean? You could start earlier if you did... All that shit that you have in there would make more sense if if you do this. It takes time to do that. So, I would just say... Depending on who you're talking to and depending on who the person is, try to be the person that if you accept somebody's script to give them notes, that you take the time to give them the notes that they, that you would want. That's, that's the way I yeah. would put it. Yeah,
2: because also the thing that I don't like about when people give notes is, is that when no one gives you, when people don't piss you with solution.
1: Right. Yeah, that's That's the I don't worst. like this thing. This seems is yeah. bad.
2: Why? And if you fix it, because it will it's, help you when you're doing the writer's room. Because you know, in the writer's mm-hmm. room, you just can't say, this, this, this doesn't work. Well, God, no. Like, motherfuckers, mm-hmm. why? why mm-hmm. Do, well, so, okay, so, so tell me what was better. Right. So that's the thing, too. Right. And matter of fact, they say, pitch me your fixes. Yeah, yeah, pitch me your fixes. Can I tell so,
4: you, when I was working in government, big lesson I learned when I was 20, um, 21, um, Lieutenant Governor, uh, we're, in the, we're in the truck, and there's an issue. Won't go into detail on it, but mm-hmm. there's an issue. And he's like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? And I was like, mm. what?
5: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: and he was, and he came up and he was like, in this moment, he's like, you know, we're going to make this a teachable moment. Mm. He was like, listen, there's a thousand things that are wrong with this schedule, with this day. Um, your job isn't to tell me what's wrong. Your job is to tell me how to fix what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to keep you in this chair. And I take that same approach to writing. Right. Um, when I give notes with people, like I, my module and thank you, Hillier, for allowing us me to meet here. Um, our module, one of the great things about it is we we are we give unabashedly honest feedback with one another to the point where like one of our new members is like, "Did y'all even like our shit?" <laughs> and I was like, "Of course we do!" Like, oh, and then I realized, oh shit, I apologize. That's my bad with you being new to the group. Right. We've been together for like a year and a half, so there's no need for the the pretense. But I was like. No, I apologize. Here's X, Y, Z of what you did right. But when I give a note, I'm like, yo, just to let you know, this isn't hitting. I feel like you're going for this. Here's a couple pitches. Feel free not to take that. Sure, sure. But just know mm-hmm. the next time you, I read your script, I will give you that same note if you haven't addressed it. And I think a lot of people are like, well, that's just my artistic choice. I'm like, what well, another great lesson I learned with my friend when I first started writing. I wrote this terrible script. And he was like, you that's know. You did what? I wrote this terrible script. I love the people
1: admit that. We yeah. all wrote our first two
3: Oh three. listen, the yeah. first two I wrote right now are terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah. For sure.
4: And mm. long story, long story short, he goes, you know, um a duck is a duck, no matter how many times you wanna say it's a swan. <laughs> so if I were you, if someone says it's a duck, just just admit that it's a duck. Well, that's the
2: thing. The whole thing is, is uh, if I tell you this scene doesn't work and here's some pi- here's some reasons why. It's not an artistic choice that I'm addressing you. It's that I'm saying your intention is not on the
1: page. Even further, this is, this is something you were starting to ask me earlier. This reminds me of, like, when you're in the writer's room, these are the type of things that come up, is how do you see the note behind the note? So say you just said, say an executive was on the phone, was like, guys, you guys got to, you know, act two, and you got to the point where blah, blah, blah. I, I didn't get it. They'll just say that sometimes, yeah, so right? say. and you'll be like, Oh what the fuck does that mean? So what you do is a lesson that I've learned is go, okay, so we've got to act two, we got to this point where this happens. Now in act one we set up this thing that by the end of act two, this thing happens. We probably missed something somewhere. Mm-hmm. Let me back up. Nope, not that scene. Nope, that that ah, that scene. That's what happened. I didn't set up that little thing where I said he was actually wearing the hat that said where the police found him You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever it's that rooter shit where you there's kind something. of miss you you, you
2: something. this yeah. it, it, a great line that Billy Wilder said one time. He was like, if you have act 3 problems, it's because you, it's because you have an act 1 problem. Yeah. You know, question you assume so you said about you hate a question that you hate people to ask me. I don't want people to ask me to read their script if I sit down with you. Let me ask you to mm-hmm. send me the script because I have to kind of figure out like where you are in your career and, and things like that. before. Because if you're too young, then I don't want to read the script because, it's, because it's like, like I have this expectation on what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and you can find other people who can help you get there before you want me to read it. I mean, if you, I mean, you know, or if I say I like your idea and I know
1: you're young, let me read it, mm-hmm. and I can maybe help you or, or whatever it is. But, 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 but let me. I'm, offer gl- that. I'm glad you said that. I think that is one of the. This is going to be a long episode. If y'all go cool with that. Um, the reason why I, I'm glad you said that because it reminds me of. You're not always aware of it. I think it's something that maturity brings to you. Like, I bet you're not the same person you were when you moved here a couple years ago. And so what I'm saying is, now you know that some of the scripts you got out probably weren't ready for somebody. But when you're first here, you're like, but I wrote a script and it says fade out. So it should go, I should be over at Spielberg's. I should give it to Lena. I should whatever. Like, you immediately start thinking that instead of going, let me get it to Lena's assistant. Let me see what she says. Hit the gatekeeper first. They're more eager to go, Lena, girl, I just read this thing. You know what I mean? And I think that is the biggest problem is we, we rush to a uh, Hilliard or Chris or whoever and go read this thing now instead of going, let me get a couple gatekeepers in the middle of this thing and go, guess who vetted this thing? Now you should read it. Yeah. You that's, feel me? Look,
5: look that
2: is, is, there's, there's no... People want it so fast and so bad that they re- they're ready to jump and they don't realize that you got one right.
1: shot. We've all done that, Richard, just I so mean, you know. You do all, I, mean, all like, I, mean, I
2: mean, I, mean, I, 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 I remember I, I, this, I wrote a script. I, I really, really loved it. Mm-hmm. And then I sent it to a couple of people to read, and they were like, okay, this is really, really good, but here's what's missing.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go address that. Right. Now I was waiting because I wanted to send it to somebody big, mm-hmm. and I was like, I can't do that yet until I get enough right. people. And and then I was kind of like moving up the chain of people of bigger people that I know. I would get enough from the, my mm-hmm. group. Then I, I addressed that. I had them read it again. They go, okay, you hit it. Here's a few other notes. Boom. And and then I got that. And I asked the next the next big person to read it because because I was I was waiting because I want to ask a guy who's who's been Oscar nominated to read it. Now I can't. I'm not going to ask him to read the first
1: draft. Right. You know, I can't. Right. But see, that reminds me of something you were saying, Richard, with that person you were talking about who got all upset that you didn't read their script in a week because they were ready to give it to somebody else. That's a danger. So say say you meet a big producer, a showrunner, whoever, and you just happen to be able to give them your soft pitch on your project. They're like, wow, that sounds good. Send it to me. So that's kind of sounds like what happened. She wasn't even ready, and she was like, "Oh, I have it. I can send it to you like now." Hey, Richard, can you read this thing for me? Okay, give me some notes, and I'll just adjust it really quick. Worst time to send it. Worst. Worst time. Also, to send it. the worst
2: thing is, is that you under a self-imposed pressure deadline to get the script to the right. person. So when you get the notes back from Richard, what you try to do is try to turn them around that afternoon so you can get right. to the next person. You need like a week. To, yep. read, to go back, I'm gonna Agreed. go in and make the change. I gotta print it out, read it again. I mean, I'm doing something now mm-hmm. where it's like, I got a script that, that I know is, is, it all, it, like, it all works. Mm-hmm. But I know in terms of what the story is. Right. But I know the first 12 pages of this is a science fiction thing, have to really be clear. And it's clear in my head because I know what's gonna happen in the rest of the yeah. thing. It all sets up, but it's, but I, I went into my group and I was like, they were like, okay, this is not this is not clear enough, right here. I knew what you we talked it through. And like, okay, what's happening in this scene? Was like, this is like, oh, okay, you need to have this like spelled out more, or, or this needs to be a bigger moment on the page so we know how important it is. And it's like, okay, I got, it. I know that because it's like they'd ask me, and I was like, oh, here's the answer mm-hmm. because it's all on my head. Yeah, yeah, but it's not totally and, on the, on and, the paper. And, yet. and
1: that's the fine line with screenwriting. The more you write, the more you realize how much information you want to give, and you have to learn to tr- like we were talking about the writers we're working with. Are not trusting their their readers or their audience they're going, well, you know we didn't want to do that because of this, or I didn't want to do it like you're not trusting your audience you don't have to do all these parentheticals. let the fucking actors go. That mm-hmm. means the wording isn't right that's all if you have a parenthetical every fucking line <laughs> what you know what <laughs> I mean something's not right you didn't do it right no you, 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 you don't you're not trusting somebody
2: you know, yeah but that again the parentheticals are really only there mm-hmm. for clarity like the, uh, the absolute clarity right. Because, again, what like directing? It's like, you, it's like I sit and look at it and go, "What are the five action verbs that could go to help to help this line Correct. work?"
1: Correct. Oh,
2: so if here's the, so here's the obvious one that, that that what the scene really is. They said too much. If if, if they're angry, mm-hmm. you know, and and the action verb is you know I want you to punch someone with these lines. And this, and it's five lines. It's like that's too much. Because mm-hmm. in reality, if you're angry, then you don't speak in, in long paragraphs. No, no, you not speak in these short, clipped
1: sentences. Yeah. So I call it staccato. Yeah. I mean, staccato. So
2: then it's like so, and, and so. You, so then emotionally, you're saying like, okay. He's angry here. So then he can't speak this much. So I wrote too much. So then I got to go back and figure out how to say what I wanted to say mm-hmm. in the least amount of lines. And that's just the process. And a lot of that you don't know until you've printed it out. Mm-hmm. And you're, and what I do is I print a script out and I write down these emotional, these emotions, like in the left margin, like he's, this is what this line, the subtext of this line, the mm-hmm. subtext of this line. That I do this right? Did I not do this right? Because you can't, this is one reason I don't like writing on Final draft which is I can't make those notes inside the program. Oh, I gotta right. wait till I get it off. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's move on to the next one. All
3: right. So while we're on topic of writing, I know you guys talk about like it takes eight to 10 spurts before you kind of like get the hang of like writing a pilot. I
1: I say the majority of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's one to two people who just get it. You know, but go ahead.
3: Okay, so um, while my scripts are going out for notes, I realized that, you know, I kind of have to like dig deep and kind of like mine, like who I am as a right. person. So,
1: right What's now. The, what kind of writer
3: are you? What stuff do you write? Um, so, good question. Mm-hmm. I learned that from you every time you talked about um, yeah. being, you write a lot of like underdog stories. Mm-hmm. So, I write about invisibility um, mm. and what it means to. Um, The character and what it means to the families of the character and what it means to the world, because invisibility is also about power as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're visible, you have power in a sense in the world. How do do you tie into that? So, well, um, well, I'm originally from Haiti. My dad was a union leader. Um and uh after like he kind he got into you know, people don't really mm-hmm. like unions as you guys know. Right. So um he got like uh kidnapped and really? he actually
1: Okay see now I'm, leaning yeah. in. I'm like, we we a actually man. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> we
3: actually moved to America on political asylum. Really? So for me it was about like it was always about like him fighting for people who are kind of like invisible. Okay. So that's kinda of why right Ah,
1: please so, always pitch this. Yeah, always so pitch I'm this. writing actually yes. my
3: one of my podcasts. I'm kind of stuck on right now, mm-hmm. so I'm writing about that, like his rise to okay. being like a coward, to being like a union leader, and okay. then like the present day effect, effects of like us having to move to America. So this rise to power is this, a film. It's a it's a the it's series? a pilot. Yeah. Okay, cute. Yeah. So
2: so what's this doing? Like the Papa Doc and like and like Baby Doc, and <coughs> like, um, Duvalier is that what Yes. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, it's sort of like that. Like or,
2: or just after that, or just
3: I'm like I'm not quite sure. Like I just know that. It's kind of like you know, like in bad families, like you don't talk about stuff, and then you get older, and they're like, "By the way, this thing," and it's just like, "Wait a minute, what? A, like, oh, so this is why he wasn't around as much, or this is why we had to move to America." So, so. was this
2: like in the in in, in, in like the 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 eighties, the the yeah, old, yeah, late 80s? Sure. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Then there's, yeah. there's something, sure. the whole okay, thing right. with with Baby Doc Duvalier, the, <clears throat> the 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 dictator who then got the post. But that's a great backdrop for a story. I love yeah. it. It's so fucking fantastic.
3: I'm working on a pilot right now and I have this feature idea because I'm also like, I grew up in a two religion household. My mm-hmm. mom was a Baptist. My dad practiced voodoo so that was oh, kind of like. Oh like, my God. Oh it voodoo? is? Okay, yes, wait. wait, a wait. wait. Yeah.
1: Story. Okay, you gotta just, lean in on that. But this. here's
3: the thing, like it's, I didn't know it was weird growing up because that was just that was just. It's my, weird out there. <laughs> no, in okay, Hollywood,
1: that's just like cold. I didn't know
3: because it was voodoo, motherfucker. <laughs> yes. You got the little doll. I mean, I mean, yes. I, mean I, I mean,
2: you don't have that, but but you but your mind your right. I, I
3: never talk to people because they're like, "Oh, you're gonna put voodoo on me," right. and I'm like, "I'm not a. I don't practice. <laughs> why,
5: would
3: I, why would I do that? But like, right. I it's just." Where was I going with my train of thought? Like, so I'm writing, uh, like, I'm thinking about, like, mining the stories and writing them, or in the process of writing mm-hmm. them. And it's like, what do you know, like, how do you adapt from your life? Like, what do you know, what do you keep, and what do you kind of, like, take out? Like, what is the, how do you go about that process? Okay,
2: so, this is, it's very similar to, this, this, it's very similar to writing a biopic. Mm-hmm. But the, the slight difference is, um... You may not recognize what is really dope because you, because you take advantage, you it it. Because you lived it and, mm-hmm. and, and you take for granted things that just the everyday thing, or you should have the thing with the voodoo and you, you, the Baptist voodoo. Like that growing up, it's like, that's just how my family is. But not knowing the outsiders are right. like,
3: whoa. I mean, I was exactly. Americanized enough to be like, this is fucking weird.
2: Maybe that's the perspective. You that, need that's it. the perspective that you take. That it's like, you know? this is what my dad does and my mom does. But so this, I say it's like a biopic because, when you're writing a biopic, you have to choose. the. There's so many cool moments, but you got to choose the moments that say, this is the story that I'm telling. So what are the events <laughs> that support that story as opposed to events that are cool, but just don't support that story? You know, I mean, they could be cool as shit, and 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 you, and you might hate having to take that scene out, but or or, or the thing you do is, I want to have this scene cause I want to have this happen. Okay, fine. If you, if you gotta have it because it's so cool, then you gotta say to yourself, how do I massage what really happened to keep that moment that that people think is cool, but still have to fit my story. Right. That's how you decide.
1: And, and, and I'll just piggyback off of that. <clears throat> One of the biggest problems that I see in scripts when people try to write a true story script. I'm sorry,
3: harder than like, is, oh. is
1: they go, well, like, for example, you and I might read a script and be like, Oh, that's really cool. I like you have this scene where, you know, the, the two sisters have this moment. You know, it'd be really cool is if the father was standing in the door watching them the whole time. And you'd be, they'd be like, Well, he wasn't there. Like, that's the problem. You don't know how to bring the tension in you know to bring the ten- by the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you, don't, I mean? you don't
2: have to change. you, know, you have to <clears throat> massage. See, one of the things that people hate about biopics, in a certain degree, but I'm like motherfucker, it's a movie. Is that when you say that it's like I'm not ta- let you, it's it's not, it's not that you let people off the hook, but it's like I have to change things to make the drama stronger. Right. Every scene has. That's it, why you say it's like, inspired by. It yeah, or something. it's the moment to moment. <laughs> I mean, I saw that movie Judy, the mm-hmm. the thing about Judy Garland mm-hmm. recently. And, I mean, you know, there's these really, there's these really horrific flashbacks. When she's a kid working for MGM, and the right. way the Luby Mayor is like fucking with her mentally. Mm. I mean, it opens up this really. Fu- she's like she's like
1: she's like an addict, wasn't she?
2: Drugs like She becomes an addict because they're trying to keep her weight down when she's a kid. Right. So they kind of like put her on these pills as a kid. As a kid, it's like they're giving her amphetamines as a kid, so she wow. will stay skinny longer. And they don't want her eat food. And then she because she's on amphetamines so much, she can't sleep. So they so that they have to start giving her pills to sleep as a kid. Damn. And that's what just got more and more because you built the tolerance. But it's like, like, there's this scene in the beginning where where she's like, I don't do this anymore, and fucking Louis B. Mayer's like, Well, you're right, because you're not pretty. Damn. And you're not, and, and you're a little overweight, and I don't really like your hair. There's a hundred girls who have a better smile, and it's like, God damn, he's fucking with her hardcore. Damn. But and, 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 but he finally says, but all those girls out there that that like you want to be with don't have your voice. Mm. No one has your voice, Judy, and it's like—did he even have that conversation with her? It doesn't probably see,
1: not, pro- probably not in that
2: way, not in that way. Right? But it so makes the movie. Right. You understand what's important, like wh- how her voice becomes this double-edged sword in her life, where she uses it to like get where she is, money, but it's also the thing that fucking makes her different, and it and it so then it, it fucks with her. And it's such a great moment. But you're like, but, and then the people might wonder, say that didn't happen to my mom, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, so what? It, 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 it's, it, it crystallizes the character struggle.
1: I was just thinking about, you were saying like your dad was like a, uh, I guess he was an underdog too in his own way, right? But, but he was into the, um, the unions and whatnot. And I got the sense, now that I know he was into voodoo, I was like, maybe he used it in a positive way though. Mm-hmm. But it helped him overcome something. So our vision of voodoo is always negative. It's always evil and, you know, the blah, blah, blah. But we don't realize actually it comes from a positive pl- a place of healing. People don't realize that there are some negative ones, but maybe your version is a good one, you know? So that's, that's the thing that you can change the guard well, on you Well, yeah, if but you
2: want. do that because the thing about voodoo is, is that, is that, that we in the West see voodoo, I mean, it's, it's akin to like Satanism. Yeah. Of course. But, the, but the thing is, it can't be. Because so many people in the Caribbean and then in Africa, where it's you know, roots from, they
1: they use they it. They call a witch doctor. Yeah.
2: for a reason because they it, heal. It, there's this. There's a. There's a. There's a. There's a. A healthy part to voodoo has to be because people wouldn't just people wouldn't do it right. unless you were evil, you know. And your dad's not evil, so you see what I'm saying. So, so it's like, mm. so yeah. you find that thing. There's this really fascinating book you should read. It's called um, "It's called The Comedians. And it's written by Graham Greene. And it came out in like maybe 64 or something like that, or maybe the late 50s. It takes place in Hades. It's this really fascinating story about these where, you should just read it. It's about, It's. It, I, I was like, oh, they didn't make this the movie. Comedians. The Comedians. Oh, oh Because... This seems like a weird title yeah, for, a weird for that. Stuff, it, it, because it's kind of like they have to joke about how like how dark the dictatorship is. Hmm. You know, they gotta find the humor and the, right. the oppression. Um I I was like, they need to make some movie, they need to make some movie. And they did make it into the movie, but they moved it to Africa. You know, it's with uh, uh James O. Jones is in it and I think Elizabeth Taylor. Uh but I was like, but the book is in fucking Haiti. It's so it has to do with the, vo- the voodoo and it's, it's I mean, you should read it because it's interesting to see how they they're, they're able to blend like like a murder mystery. Into with this backdrop of what's going on in Haiti and the voodoo and why it's it's not shown as this dark thing. It's just part of it's part of the culture. It's just a cultural thing. So yeah, just yeah. Life. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> what else?
3: Okay. Did we answer that? He did. Okay. He did. He did. <laughs> um. Chris, I know you talked about saving money for, like, educational. Oh, I know you talked about saving money for, like, educational purpose and stuff like that. But it's, like, here in L.A., there's so many, like, events and panels and just a lot. So how do you gauge, like, which, what what is a resource that is actually, like, worth my money, worth going to versus all the other things that are going on here?
2: <coughs> well, you know, to me, when I say education, I know what you're talking about because I was talking about this, like, how you just, you you, just, you want to keep learning? So you got to kind of say to yourself, what do you think that you'll get out of the panel, or the right. event, or are you going to go to, you know, spend the time to do X? You know, it was a really great show. It was a free show, but it was but but if it wasn't for free, I still would have paid for it. A couple of weeks ago, it closed at the. The Edinburgh space about the hip hop, the early hip hop oh, yeah, photography. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and you, and I went to see it and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I grew up to this era. So I remember all these images, mm-hmm. but when you see all the contact sheets and all the little sh- photographs and they were trying to find the image that meant something that they finally published, like, you know, they shot 36 images to, to get before they got the one image for the cover shot. Mm-hmm. But you know, what the, the, the friends, okay, is you see this kind of like pull back of the curtain and I was like oh that's it, it gave me a different understanding of what hip hop was because you see more behind the scenes Then mm-hmm. I also realized too that I was like oh this early early stuff like the early 80s and late 70s that's when people didn't really have cameras where having yeah. a camera was like a very special thing outside of these expensive yes. things and so the way people photograph things and they what had they intention ph- yeah, and, yeah and they would go on the streets and shoot street stuff and, it was like, and people would dress in a way mm-hmm. like there's, there's all this stuff in New York where, where, where they would just shoot people on the street and it was like you know what there's no Instagram to tell everyone this is what someone cool is dressing like mm-hmm. and, and, these, and everyone mimics that. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of their own style. So you got to look at things and say, where will I potentially learn the most for what my journey is right now? Because something could sound cool and it might be
1: smart, but it's like, but does that help my journey right now? You and, and to piggyback off of that, you know, Chris and I, we still go to, I go to two or three panels a week. Well, because I put on a lot of them at the Guild. But... I always look at a, at a thing. and did I get one thing out of it? And if I can get one thing, it was either worth my money or worth my time. That's how you gauge, in my opinion, in regard to what was the question about money? How do you? Um,
3: get how do you know that it's like worth it? Like
1: no, like I said, do you get something out of it? I okay. think is, is is the main thing. The other thing is, I think you have to learn to set aside money for that.
2: Yeah. you know what I mean that's the thing yeah that's what i was talking about you yeah. gotta set aside money and say hey I have to have a small education fund right. to keep me going because the worst thing is you know, if you're not doing that and then a the panel shows up that's like oh fuck I've, I, I like, I, like, I I really want to know that mm-hmm. maybe it's at the Writers Good Foundation it's, maybe it's $35 to get in right. and it's like and if you don't do that the minute it's announced those things sell so fast you're mm-hmm. like fuck I didn't get to do because I was I was worrying about my fucking cell phone and I was gonna pay that and then get the check and then mm-hmm. uh, then you're fucked and you can't go But and then, then there might be one really really cool thing you learn there but so you so you, you, so, so set aside that money so maybe it's well, 50 dollars a month whatever it is which seems crazy but out here, because it's, it's like
3: twenty five. <clears> like yeah, for new deep. writers, like yeah. WGA Foundation, they have free events that you can go to. You don't right. have to be part of WGA, right. and most of the tickets are like twenty five to thirty five dollars. Right. So, yeah. yeah, correct,
2: correct. Yeah. So if you say fifty hours a month, you could go to two or something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but and, and, and they're,
1: they're big panels. Yeah. yeah, they're big, and and, 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 and they sure. get big people. Right. They get big people. So I was just gonna say something about. Um, I keep reading my talk. y'all keeps switching it. He was saying something a second ago. Uh, we were money. talking about
3: the education and fun. How you know it's worth your time?
2: You put on panels. You go to panels. You learn something.
4: One thing. Hmm? If you learn one thing, then it's valuable.
1: Yeah, it was something about that. Ah, fuck! It was so good too. It, it, it hit me later. It hit me later. Um, <laughs> shut That's it, for you. closing. <laughs> it's like, oh wait! <laughs> um, it was. It was something about. I was trying to tie it into like getting education and, and paying for your education. Um, cause it all, oh, I know, it also could tie into, you know, the <clears throat> submitting to festivals and, you know, screenplay contests, you know, and stuff like that. You should have money set aside for that. Um, I was also thinking about how even, and I've talked about this on the show, that every time I get even like a writing assignment, <clears throat> I will set aside like a $1,000 to just do stupid shit with. It's usually just buying shoes, right? But that makes me feel like I did something. It makes me feel like, so I'm not craving anything. You know what I mean? And it doesn't affect anything big because it's usually a small portion of the money. So it doesn't affect, but if you could find that thing that'll keep you from wanting to do it all the time, like I'm always working with this one about dating and spending a whole bunch of money on okay, dates. So what we won't do is, is talk ridiculous. About
5: my Bitch, you're a baller. <laughs> Let me tell y'all bitches. I was That's known it.
4: as the Hitch of Harvard for a reason. Oh. um <laughs> uh, but I'm sorry, I just lie. the reason why I snicker is cause Hillary goes. I said aside a small amount of money, like a thousand dollars. I'm like nigga if I had a thousand dollars just to set aside. I didn't say sorry. a month. Okay. I said I when I a get thousand an assignment. You can get a
2: writing assignment, yeah. Yeah,
4: let's go. <clears throat> no, sorry. Say something. <laughs> no, but no, because
2: you, you, okay, the, the, <clears throat> there's a great psychology in that. Yes. Because yes. you need to release the desire. That's yeah. my point. The desire that that we all have is it, it, for these material things. Or there may not be material things. And it's usually stupid it's, shit. It's, it's, oh. it's, you have to do that. You have to
3: do that because I do that of, now and I'm broke. So yeah, yeah.
4: I, got, I got this one thing that keeps me going, and y'all gonna make it's gonna make me sound like the most shallow motherfucker on earth, and that's okay. Um, I want like I want a weekend, right? I want a weekend. That's what I'm. This is what I'm working toward. We're like my script is in. Showrunner's like, yo, you're good kid. I'm like, cool. I go hopping in my white-on-white Tesla, and I'm just wearing some basketball shorts <laughs> and some Vibrams. No shirt, tie, hair tied back. And I just roll the windows down, and I just drive through L.A. Like, literally just drive through the city, kicking it, chilling, that's got the music that's out. That's
1: not very far away and, to get.
4: And then I just step out the car, and then, like, Zoe Kravitz or, like, somebody <laughs>
1: of that ilk sees me.
4: And what, they're like, your
1: okay. Cousins and they like you know? okay. And they would
4: be like, okay. And I'll be like, I did that shit today <laughs> <Zoe> <laughs> like, And I just back in the car and I'm like well,
1: hilarious Is how specific it is Yeah he said Zo- I, Zoe Kravitz Particularly So <laughs> let me tell you something uh, I She's don't,
4: fantastic though I don't know if you have a man badges. But I'm just saying uh,
1: Yeah Why do you keep looking at the time? Huh? Why are you rushing to get out? I'm, I'm okay. not
4: looking at the time I'm just thinking about The day when I actually See her face to face And I'll just be like <clears throat> Everything has led me To this moment <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hilarious.
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I, 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 don't know. She's, she was actually, I'd love to see more of. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I loved her in, um. Uh, pretty li- the Pretty Little Liars thing or Pretty Little Lies. She's in dope, wasn't she? Yeah, she's in she dope. Was. She's dope yes, she and that, was. and she was really. And she had a little role in like Mad Max for you. She's, yeah, she's the new
3: Catwoman. She's Catwoman yeah. so.
4: so I think she'll like. It, it, I mean, she's already. She's big, new new no. Catwoman in what? She's,
3: she's in the Batman.
4: She's the she's Catwoman to Robert Pattinson's. Oh wow! Really? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. It's it?
2: interesting because it's interesting mm. the guy's doing that because he's got Jeffrey Wright to play uh, Alfred. I think Right that's cool. Uh, she's gonna play Catwoman. Um. Interesting cast. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, that's fun. You know, it's interesting. I, you know what? We didn't talk about this, but I want to say okay. this. I saw the Joker movie, which <laughs> I thought was fantastic. Okay. <clears throat> I, did you like? To, you saw Joker, right?
1: It remember was he? Solid. Remember he was giving us? I, yeah.
2: It was solid. Honestly, right. well, you know what? I I mean, I it's like I I had low expectations, but um but you know, and I'll tell you why. But this is why I like the movie because. The way the movies advertise and the way that there was all this kind of social media buzz or just media buzz in general about how it's like, this is the movie about like, you know, this, this white guy who can't make it and blah, blah, blah. And just, he's, the system just fucks with him. Yeah. That's not really what the movie's about. The movie, this was, this was the guys, cause they spoke afterwards of the thing and it was, it is so like, i was, like, and Craig Mason was saying this, actually Craig Mason said this. Or oh, he, he's a moderator. He, he's a moderator. Yeah. Is the movie's about empathy? Mm-hmm. And about our lack of empathy in the internet age, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, that's a fuck. That's like a really good way to look at this. I mean, a really smart way to look at this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like to approach this character. Okay. But I say this because, you know, the Joker, you know, as we know him, his face is bleached white. But yeah. he a black character. I was black in life, and this, the only thing that happened is his face was, you know, is bleached white. Like, it's, it's a, like, he's falling a chemical bath. That's why his face is all white. But if it was a, I mean, if it was a black guy, and that happened to him. That, cause that could happen. You know, that would be that, that, that would be interesting. Cause we've never seen that.
1: What, what's the whole thing? I haven't seen it, so forgive me. And I, and I don't mean to be giving away anything to anybody who hasn't seen it. Why is he in a whole black neighborhood and all the black friends and all that? What the fuck is that? It's, it's not
2: that he's in an all black neighborhood. <clears throat> it's that he, um, his mom is really fucking poor. Mm-hmm. And he has mental, Problems because his mom and his stepdad abused the fuck out of him when he was a kid. Mm. Like, and, and, and she's crazy too. Okay. She's not... Uh, um, um, uh, you know, they're just super poor. It's not just a white neighbor or a black neighbor. It's just that there's... like, like What it is, is is that the social worker that, that he sees mm-hmm. is black. And there's a black woman in his building. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, there's a woman a black woman in his building... That was one of the shocked. It was one of the best moments. One of the best moments in the movie. Okay. The scene where he shows up and in, in how I was like, "Oh fuck!" Mm-hmm. That was so unexpected and so well done. And okay. I was like, "God, I'm gonna see I'm that's I'm gonna see really fucking yeah. cool." It's 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 the movie was is advertised and the media around it is it does the movie. I mean, this, it did well. It's fine. It it yeah. it does a total disservice. Total total disservice. But I put it because i was just like I'm. I'd be curious to see. You know that you know because they did the black black Catwoman before with Halle Berry right. and it, and then they did it with what's her name too with, with the cat before mm-hmm. so they're kind of like they're, they were okay with that mm-hmm. but how, what, what if these other main one of these main characters was black like what if fucking Joker was a black character or was a black man or mm. an Asian man just n- not a white guy right because his it's makeup that's burned onto his skin it could be you could be any race and just you just look white because it's not white white it's like it's chalk white right. Um...
0: Washington I don't know.
4: I think Frank Miller <clears throat> said that he always imagined Batman being the closest to like a black man's origin story.
5: Really?
4: I think so. I could be wrong. I'm sure there's some comic book fan listening right now is well, like, no, a seizure. He <laughs> but I, I think I remember reading that. Um, I think Batman was the character that Frank Miller was like, if any of our Major DC characters were mm. to be of another race. I feel like Batman fits the mold. best to be like mm. a black dude, not the rich part, but like everything else.
1: Interesting. Um,
2: okay. Well, yeah, because the family, you know, the think about it. the mom and dad get shot in he, front of him. He's an orphan, you know. And then, oh, how do they respond? You know, I mean, it could be Batman. It could be Daredevil too. Like, oh, like well, Daredevil could right. be black. You know, his father's a ex-boxer. Mm-hmm. They kind of live in poverty in a sense, not hell's uh, kitchen. Hell's kitchen, you room. know. Um, I don't know. So I, I, I did not know she was going to be Catwoman. That would be interesting. I'm cool with
1: that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Same. She's gorgeous.
1: What, what else you got, Sony?
3: Okay, so I know you guys read a lot of scripts. So what are <laughs> common mistakes you see in scripts for new writers?
4: Parentheticals.
1: <laughs> Literally
4: explaining them. Yeah. <laughs> Everything.
1: Um, I mean, I could talk about this all day long. So I'm just going to give you a couple things. Um. I'm going to give you some basic stuff, because that's the best way to go. How it looks on the page is important. That's one thing that people don't realize. So you start off, there's way too much black on the page. That means too many blocks of paragraphs, right? It should be smooth. It should be like two or three lines, two or three lines, two or three lines. Action, two or three, you know what I mean? It should just be pretty. You can tell in advanced scripts like, if you read something from Billy Ray or something, or, you know, Vince Gillen, it just sings on the page. You know, you just read it. It's like, holy shit. Um, like word choice. Yeah, Do word it, choices. Like they
2: choose, I mean,
1: you were talking about the verbs and the adjectives and the things that they use. You got to you gotta think like that. You got to keep it in an active voice. You know, not jacket standing. Jack is standing. Jack's in the door. But he's already there. You know, like, it's like Jack is sitting. It's like... He sits. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like little phrases and things the way that people write that you could tell they're not advanced. Like they're just writing like as if they've been reading books and they started writing scripts. Right, right. That's a
2: huge thing because, you know, but the, the, the main difference when writing a screenplay and prose is you have finite real estate right. with a screenplay or, tel- or a television show. So, therefore, you have to do everything you can to compress the moments on the page, and that's like you so just so you gotta say like I'm gonna write the I'm gonna write the 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 action that is the most critical action
1: mm-hmm. you know. Um, like for example, like so so, so. so what happens is a lot of people go with his right hand. He does that with his left hand. It's like no, 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 no. You're doing too much. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
2: mean, yeah, yeah that's too much, you know. Right. Unless it's important to say, like mm-hmm. for instance, you know, he's like he's already broke his left hand right. in the in the so thing, he has to only he, use. You know, his right or right. you know or he's still got a broken hand. And he's and he's, and I got a punch with my left even right. though was, my hand is broken because it is telling you something, you know. But it's like the thing that people say is, hey, there's a knock at the door. He gets up and goes and opens the door. No, knock at the door. He opens the door. Right. If I'm sitting here, it's like the camera's yeah. gonna you let me know. The phone that I'm range. You there not there say he reaches in his pocket. And pulls, no, you know, he
1: picks it up. It, <laughs> you know what I mean? mean. He answers. Right. He answers. Whatever. You know. It's like, little little it, staccato. It, staccato. It, it,
2: it compresses the language on the page, and it's like, and, and here's the, and the thing about the black, the big chunks of black is, this is like a little note that I I read from. Um, the guy the guys his name. they don't write together anymore. Kirstman and Orsi mm-hmm. when they wrote their Spider the Star Trek. They were like every line you wrote you write is a shot. So when they're writing their action scenes, it's like each line is a shot. So therefore, they're doing it. That's why there's a, a line for the action. Return another. It could be two line, two two words, five words, whatever it is. But it's like return, 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 and therefore it speeds you down the page, and it makes it feel like the action is really happening. And your it's eyes, not,
1: yeah, your it, eyes go down, not, a, it, not yeah, across. And it's not. And truth.
2: it's not. They're not even completing sentences. You know, it's, <clears> it's <throat> like you know. He flips, aims, grabs, boom. Right. And, and those are three separate lines. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's, and it's kind of you kind of. Say, oh, it's a style so, choice. It's, it's a style, style choice. choice, but it's like if you think about it, shoot, shoot shot, shot. It's like okay, boom, we got I got this shot. He's that's the flip. He flips. You know, he aims, and now I got another shot because the guns come out to the camera. He, you know, he bu, bu, he pulls. Bu, you know, there's there's three distinct shots, mm-hmm. and you have the ability to control the reader's experience by how you like construct the the lines and the words on the page. Right that's 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 a big. I mean, to me, the big thing that you know when someone is young is too much exposition, um,
1: over explaining.
2: Yeah, you're over explaining. Not um, trusting the reader. That um, it's it's the the, the pacing is the, yes. the the story points is following the clockwork that have been that's been spelled out in mm. in fucking Blake Schneider's There's book. No tension. If uh, here's my thing, you don't have to follow those those. Things in his book That everyone Since it came out Like that's the book Is the most detrimental thing mm-hmm. To Hollywood If you go back And look at When that book came out I think in 2006 And you look at The films afterwards And look at the films before The films afterwards You can just see Where Page yeah. 12 Page 15 yeah. You just see it And, it's, and that fucks up The storytelling Because then you're like uh, You know what Something's going to happen Right now Well something happens Before them Something happens Maybe like Two minutes later like, wait, wait, what? You know, and, and, and even so, if something was, if, so if your big exciting incident it doesn't happen on page 10, but it happens on page eight, it's faster. It's going on now, sooner. Okay, yeah. so, and then, you know, if you think, and then you, and you know that's the big moment as the reader. Yeah. That's, you know, so then your aftermath could be like, be different. It's like that lets me know that you appreciate the audience. Because that's all you're doing is you're writing for someone to read it. What did you you say, Richard?
4: No, no, no. Okay. I I had a thought, and I couldn't really.
1: (laughs) I I, I literally could talk about this all day long, about things that, you know, what was the question? How was it going? Things
3: that new writers do.
1: Yeah. I
4: do have a question uh, when it comes to the verticality of a script um, versus um, side to side. What about, like, so, like, are you given a pass if you need to, like, build a world or, like, describe something so that people understand? You, what you still do it
1: lean. You still yeah. do it as lean as possible. You still can say, you know, um, exterior, you know, space, day or night, whatever the fuck. You know, the clouds open as a blah, 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 blah. You could still describe it. The You know, imagine a world where it's not quite 2020. It's 20. Forty, twenty, whatever the fuck. You can still talk to them. You can still describe the world. All that, but it's still clean. It's still clean.
4: But it, what it, when, I guess what <clears> I'm trying <throat> to say is, like, is it okay if, like, so I've got a script where in the opening it's like it's setting up, uh, it's setting up a music video. It looks like a '90s music no. video. But it takes time to describe that there's boys, these boys in tubes, and like they're each wearing suit, different color suits. Blah blah blah. And then after that, it flows. It's like dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. But it's like. I've tried to cut it a thousand times where it's like... Okay, so...
1: Does this, it start on movement
2: is my yeah, question. Yeah, it starts on movement. Right. Okay, so, so you have to kind of do... You have to do something like this. Well, you don't have to. This is a way to do it. You have to start the dialogue sooner. And then you got to, between people talking, you got to have... the You they start actually, seeing yeah. things between <clears> the lines. Because then it will seem like a different thing. Yeah. See, the, 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 like... It, if you if you get to set up a lot in the world then you have to you have to again it's trying to figure out what is so the most important thing to set the world like it's this, you know like i was doing this script and it's like the opening thing we showed off in this um in a radio studio and it's like the first two lines are like Things you'd see in the radio studio in the 50s. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's just like two or three words for each thing. Boom, 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 boom. And then it's like, you know, maybe it's just the first two lines, the first line. And then you come in it's like, the thing about when you describe things is, again, you, they don't have to be complete sentences. If you understand, like, how, and this just takes practice, like, how do you write in a way that lets someone say, this is the visual? You write in images, Yeah. You know, because the dis-
4: yeah, you have to be you have, you have really to, visual you know,
2: I mean and, the, the, right. this, the, the, and 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 honestly, like word choice is so important like and, and people don't like to do this, and as you know some people say, like Stephen King will say you know don't go to a thesaurus, you should go with the first word that you come up with, and it's like that's true, but you know that if you're trying to like compress space,
5: right.
2: then you got to try to find um you, you have to find like different type of word combinations. This is why I always suggest, and this is not me, but it's like something that William Goldman had said. He was like, "the the the best type of writing to read to help you with your screenwriting is poetry," because poems get put like you know like four words together yeah, right. and create this massive <clears throat> thing, and it's like bam, and it's so, and then on top of that, it's poetic. As this painting the picture, and that's what you want as the screenwriter. So you got to go. You know, like, how do I put these words together and and choose words and and even if you choose like big words that, you know, like I, I'm writing this thing now, this science fiction thing, and it's like some of these people have powers, right? And I was writing the whole time, and it's like when like when you use your power, there's this there's this the, the main character has this orange glow on her eye, right? I was writing and you know I was writing all the time, all the time, and I was like. I said, but you know what? An orange glow is not enough, because orange means a lot to a lot of different people, and glow can mean a lot to a lot of different people. So I said, what I really want to say, you know, and I used to like paint oil paintings. I was like, oh, you know, and 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 and, and oil paintings. The, 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 paint, oh, has these weird ass fucking names. Like, it's not just called blue, it's called, you know, like phalo blue and right. shit like that. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna use that. So, I, so I said, there's a vermilion shimmer on her eye. And I was like, yeah, because that's like, that's so specific. And it's not just the glow, but it's like this kind of faint thing. And that's, that's really what I wanted. So I was thinking in my head, I was like, how do I really see this, you know? And it's like, and it, and it added, and it added like a little more like characters on the, on the page. But it, but it painted more of the picture, and then I don't need to say. And then, and, and then, and then that language allows me to kind of be, you know, like more. Uh, when it comes up later on, and she's got to turn it off, it's like you know, and that just van. And I, oh, I said, and the vermilion vanishes
5: mm-hmm.
2: Is it? because because now I'm using the damn alliteration in a way that won't work with the orange glove. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing too that you got to think about, like word choice. And word, and if you read like the, you read these big guys like fucking like Dilly Ray like that fucking I remember reading that script for um his Amazon thing, uh Last Tycoon. It's yeah. just like the first page, you're like, God damn man, like you just you just you, you
1: get envious because yeah.
2: you're like how why, why how did he choose this word? Why did he choose this word? Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. and that's what I'm always suggesting. I mean you could take classes, you could do all the shit, you know, we always say go to Pilar or Jinkosanti or any of those people, we love them, <clears throat> but you learn more. Reading those people going, wow, look at how they did this. And what I, the reason why, and I have probably over 40 scripts, and the reason is, oh, and and almost every one of them is different. It's because I'll pull, I'll pull out a Billy Ray, I'll pull out a Sork, and I'll pull out somebody and be like, if I wanted to write this in this style, how would I do my version of that style? Let me, let me try. You know what I mean? And I'll play, and I'll see if I can make it look like that. It's almost like writing a space script to an Mm -hmm. extent in my, in my original story, but using their format and their style.
2: Yeah, because, Mm um, yeah, because it's like, it's developing a voice in a way that if you can mimic someone else's style, but then deconstruct it to fit Mm -hmm. what what you would say and, and and how you would do for your story. I mean, there's a, I mean, the thing about reading screenplays is, is that like, um, you got to read a screenplay that it's a movie that you love, so you're not really uh, caught up in the story. And then you got to read it like two or three times mm-hmm. because you because you'll say to yourself, "Oh, I remember this scene this movie," while you're reading, you, you go and you just go over it and you go, "That was cool." But you got to stay, stop and go, oh, wait a "How did they really make right. it work? How did they like? Right. Where's the turn? Like, where's that moment on the page that did this? What was the line that was the turn?" The you know in, like in the description because great writers
1: they make the description work in a way that that just that, that makes me smile. You're
2: like, oh, I was
1: sick. doing that like a month ago. For some reason, I came across my 28 weeks later the second version, and I was like, yeah, that that movie was really good. The movie, what happened in the beginning again? And I just went through. I went, damn, yeah. dude, just the way that they open that yeah. shit. You know what I mean? And I got all excited. It made me want to write again. You know, that's what I'm always telling every people. When we talk about, and I'm going to jump on to having. Um, um, um. well you can't write? What do they call it? Writer's block. Writer's Writers block. block. To me, I'm like, because you not? You're not going to the other things that inspire you. You're not not finding something new to make you go. Fuck it. I might feel like I have no energy, but when I read that, it makes me go. Fuck that. I need to. I need to turn it
5: up.
2: I need to every time.
1: Every time I feel like I can't write, I pull out that or another script, and I'm like, damn. Like 28 days later, it just makes me want to write. I might be writing a drama that's in the fucking 1800s and that script makes me want to... You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be in the same tone.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, what it also it's like, <clears throat> you know, I remember the thing that I... I've read this somewhere and I was like, oh, this is so fucking cool. Uh, Simon Rushdie was talking about, you know, like, each book he writes tells him, that story tells him how he's going to write the book. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because he has, he has a voice as a writer, mm-hmm. but the books have different ways of unfolding because of the story that he's telling. Right, right. And I was like, in, I think about that when I write screenplays and stuff, because it's like, depending on the type of tone that I want to take, I need to try something different, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I remember I was reading The Mar- the Martian, that uh, mm-hmm. thing with uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. i was reading a script over the <laughs> summer, and it's like, the guy talks to the characters, hmm. The right, like Drew Goddard will talk to the characters, I love that. like not to use the reader, but he'll say some shit like, "Come on, Rodney, get, you know, get your ass in gear." Right. I was like, oh, "That's the fucking cool that. little thing," because that's like that'll keep you turning keep the you page. Reading. That'll keep yeah, you Yeah, okay, for sure. dude. That's dope. Where's the next one like that? And it's you know, and it's not all over the script, but it's in enough places that you like it. It just it makes you smile as the reader because mm-hmm. I know the movie very well. And, um, I was like, ah, fuck, man, that's like cool. Cause you get, you get deeper into the work. And that's what he was saying earlier. That's his it. voice. That's his voice. But that's what he was saying earlier about like the engagement as the re- the, it, it, the script can do whatever it wants as long as you're engaged. Right. You know, you don't, you don't have to be following these rules. If you're engaged, then you're engaged. You
1: right. Know? Indeed. What else do that got?
3: Okay. One last question. Oh, can never- you guys talk about your Patreon page? I know you guys have the t-shirts. You have the mugs, but there's, I don't know if you guys took it off, but there is something about like note taking. Oh, on still there. on there. Yeah. Still yeah on there. Can you guys go over that? I mean, I'm not at the stage yet where people can read my stuff, but can you guys go on that? Like it's like $75. I think it's $75. But it like, is it like you submit a script once a month, once every three months? No, no, no. Like, so I need okay, cou-
1: to clarify that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a couple
2: of people have done this. And what it is, is is that when they say, hey, I'm going to send you, do the thing, I'm going to send a script, I, I always, you know, them back and say, hey, you know what, just um, do this for a month, and then, you know, and then after it's you for a month, then you can, you can, like, downgrade it to whatever you want it to do, or if you want us to read it again, then read it again, submit it and read it again. You know, the script will come in, um, and then I'll read it, and I'll give you notes. And then, um, that, and, you know, that's what it is, you know. I mean, a, a couple of people have done it. Like, two or three people have done it. Um, I think, yeah, two, yeah, two or three people have done it. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not as clear, but I, but I always tell them afterwards, look, as soon as you get the, as soon as I send them the covers, I'll say, hey, you know, so now, like, like, uh, uh, like, downgrade your, your, your contribution, you know, to whatever you wanted to do. And some people have, like, downgraded it to, what, five, ten dollars, whatever it is. You know, um, some people just turn it off because it's one of the notes for the one thing.
3: Can you keep it and just keep submitting stuff or no?
2: Yeah, if you want. Okay. You know, I mean, if 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 I mean, like, if you get the notes and you want to submit it again and then, you know, I mean, my, my thing is you don't have to keep getting billed if you're not getting the work. So you could say, so if you send us the script, we read it, you turn it off, and you do the, you know, like the rewrites, then you can submit it again. You just got to turn it on again. Okay. You know, so that's. That's all that is.
3: Well, I don't have any more questions, and the okay. other questions I have, I can answer them myself. So.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for coming. We appreciate you coming through.
3: Thank you for having me. What?
1: Go ahead.
4: I do have. Um, I do have a question. Yes. Um, and it's just in regards to submitting your scripts to people, like, um, I guess, not through your not through your rep, and like the liability that comes with it the.
1: So you have a rep. And you still submit, right? Yeah, you like mm-hmm.
4: you have a rep, but you're out at an event, mm-hmm. and someone's like, "Hey, I want to read this thing." Right. Like you do a soft pitch, and like an assistant, like you said, mm-hmm. at a major corporation, mm-hmm. a major company says, "I want to read your thing. Mm-hmm. If it's dope, I'll send it to my boss." Right? Um, so I did that about two weeks ago. I've yet to hear back from her, sure. and um, there are some folks who are highly concerned that possibly because this is like a hot button idea that, you know, someone could steal your shit. Um.
1: <laughs> only, only people who haven't told anything think like that to me. Well, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry. I don't I don't know. Know. Just,
2: okay, so t- two things in that. One, <clears throat> whenever I send something to somebody, I cc c- my attorney.
1: Yeah. it's that easy. That's
2: all you gotta do. This, the attorney doesn't, this, the attorney's gonna look at the email and say, oh, it's not really for me, but my client just wants me to be aware of this. And the person who's being submitted knows that an attorney, has, you know, like, has been um, notified. notified.
1: In, in the email at the bottom, because I got to get this all the time, I'll run into somebody at the guild or whatever, like, hey, send me that thing. And I'll be like, okay, cool. So I'll write them an email, hey, we've talked about this thing. Here's the log line and script. And I said, by the way, you'll notice that I cc my manager, John, over at blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that simple. Yeah. Gotcha. I, of, and, and do you want to CC your manager or agent uh, is the problem.
4: I, I, I don't. That's I the don't problem. Don't fuck with him.
1: What, 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 do you have an attorney? Do you have
4: an attorney? I do not. I have, <clears throat> if, should I sell said hot button show, a lovely person who we know has agreed to help me with getting an attorney Understood. to complete that sale. Um, so, 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 yeah. so
2: So, I mean, this is my thing about material that is... No, if some, here's, here's the thing If someone's going to steal your show They're going to steal your show They're going to steal your movie And you know what It wouldn't matter if he was submitted by Asian or not
1: That shit happens Yeah, yeah I mean But I think it's so far and few It's just so much risk for them you hear about it every two or three years. Some TV show Was sued by some other Somebody, writer you know, who sent their script to well, such a you it, know it, yeah, some stranger things, Yeah,
2: but see, it's not even necessarily that. That's the stuff that fucking makes it to a the lawsuit. There's shit worse oh, so much. There's so much shit
1: it's Just arbitration, and we have never even seen. We it. never hear about yeah. it.
2: There's some shit that, like, um, you know, the, the agency will send it to the fucking company. The company go, we're not down with this, but but they want to do something like it. And they do it. Yep. And then the thing is is that no one really rocks the boat because once you file a lawsuit
1: your chances of working again are, are, are incredibly slim.
5: Yeah.
1: You know? Here's the thing you have to realize is that if, if, if I'm a studio or a network or a production company or whatever and you have the next cool horror ghost movie that you tried to sell to us, we've been talking about doing them for two years. We just hadn't found the right one, and yours came across the desk. But I'm the head of person. I never saw it, and all of a sudden, another script came across my desk that had to deal with ghosts in like some similar place. Like you had yours playing with like five people. It sounds very simple. It's the problem is is most younger writers think that they have that original idea. You more than likely don't. If you you have to realize that, for example, I was just had a big meeting the other day at Macro, and they've already seen four other Black Wall Street scripts. Mm-hmm. I knew that because I knew that it's a hot topic. Mm-hmm. I happened to write mine before a lot of them were written, but now time has caught up to me, right? So so um, I can't be walking around thinking I have the. I know I don't have the only Sylvester script. You know what I mean So 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 You have to go in Knowing you don't have The only thing Not worry about that And you need to be The first one Which is what I told you With With, with uh, Lance Black did With Milk There were other scripts Milk there's, there's, Look Ideas About
2: anything If you're thinking about it, Ten other people have thought about it And Three other people Have written scripts about it Ahead of time The one thing that is like that is you can't You know, uh, like if you get a book, there's no other book that's like a certain. You know, like I I don't know what's a hot bestseller like Doctor Sleepless, right? Coming out, there's no other Doctor Sleepless being written on any. There's and there's no one even writing. uh, There's no one even like who's writing a sequel to The Shining. That's the only concept that's never that's never going to be, you know, stolen. You know, or 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 you take such a unique twist on an idea um, that someone, you know, that, that, that people, but that's execution based. I mean, I, I can't think of any, I can't think of any movie I mean, unless it's so, I mean, unless it's so unique that someone is like I mean, it's certain kind of films, it's just like you some kind of European cinema, like, have, who the fuck would have come up with this? Like, right, no... Right. I mean, like, there's, there's... Honestly, um...
1: There's so few original... There's, there's, so, there's, <laughs> there's, there's always a play on something... They're
2: complicated, you know? There, you know? there's a there's a movie by Fellini called, um... Uh, Armacord, right? There's no film like it. It's
1: based on his life. I was listening to, um whatever the podcast was, and they were interviewing Vince Gilligan. And he was talking about the new El Camino. Mm-hmm. He got that idea. He couldn't remember where he got it from, but then the more he started talking, he was like, oh, yeah, there was this film, this Japanese film, yada, yada, where this guy did this whole thing. He did his version of it kind of with this El Camino movie. And I was like, see, it ain't nothing original. It's about how you about, twist it's it. It's about how you do it. You know I mean, what
2: I mean? It's, it's, I, can't, I can't think of a movie... God, I mean, yet I, I can't even think of something. I mean, it's it's so that, that no is anything like. I mean, there are a few films like that, like uh, you know, like obviously, like the, like the Charlie Kaufman shit. Like there ain't nothing been like uh, uh, that John McDevitt right. movie. Yeah, okay. It's too it's too bizarre. You know, it's so out of his it's of the kernel of his head that it's like. Well, I mean, even the one he did after that, the 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 the, the, or, the orchid thing or whatever it mm-hmm. is. I mean, it's like that was based on a novel and he just fucked it completely. Like, not mm-hmm. fucked it, but he, like, he, Nicholas Cage is playing himself or something like mm-hmm. Like, that's about, he was asked to adapt a novel. And he was like, this is how I'll adapt the novel. I, I won't even, I'll, I'll write the story about the person who wrote the novel. <laughs> that's how I'm adapting. I never yeah. like, but that's, <clears throat> he's he's rare. Right. And he hasn't, and he said like
1: two movies out since then in the last 20 years. Because that? Here's, here's the last thing I'll say. You have to. Let me ask you this. Did you send them a script? Or did you send them the, here's the, the pitch for the idea? Like, what did you send them?
4: Um, I sent them the script. We had okay. already gone through the pitch, and like she followed up with me two days later. Like we met in person mm-hmm. at this event. She followed up with me um, two days later, saying, "Hey, great to meet you. Blah blah. I would love to read your stuff." Like, okay. so, so you sent it,
1: and you just haven't heard. Yeah, it's timing. <clears throat> it's just about what's going on With that that company right now You know, like I'm dealing with You know, with, with a big company I won't say it on the air We've already turned in our stuff It's been two weeks We haven't heard anything Actually, we heard them We just heard back from the Our our rep saying Hey, we got it We're, The director emailed us going, Hey, I got it I just got back off a of flight I'm looking forward to reading it It's like it's only fucking five pages <laughs> You know what I mean? How long can this be? But it's Time. Well, you know what?
2: Again, it's like when do you want to read something? Right. That's a big thing too. Like, it's like, hey, I want to. Like, if I got off a flight, yes, five pages, but I want to be in the right mood to read this. So I'm not gonna read it that day because I'm traveling and I gotta like pe- pick up with the pick up with my life here. And I probably don't read the next day either because like it's like now I gotta like deal with all the pressing shit because I've been gone. You mm-hmm. know. So then the next day I'm gonna read the five pages. Right. What's some bullshit happened on that second day that I, know, you know, you don't know. And, and what, it's like, and it's, and it's like, why do I want to shortchange something I'm looking forward to reading? Because of, because life could
1: like af- affect my mood and everyone right. who's pro knows that. Right. And I was going to say, and, and your job, in my opinion, is to turn it in and be busy on something else so that you're not focused and not sleeping and worrying about the fact that it's been two or three weeks since you've heard from him. Move the fuck on, you know. That's why you have your reps, though. So your reps can be the one going, "Hey, we haven't heard from you. What's going on? Have you read it yet?" I mean, you know. That's why I'm, John has been the best thing that's happened to me because I'm I'm one of those people I, I don't like to follow up. I tell everybody to follow through because I know that's what you have to do. I don't like to do it. That's why I have somebody to do it for me. You know, because I don't like being do going. So, um. Did you read my shit yet? You know what I mean? I hate it. Cause I hate when people do it to me. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's an uncomfortable situation.
4: I'm not worried about that. I mean, I'm already in a writing module too, <clears throat> you know, working Look. on other stuff. It's just like, when I submitted it, honestly, I didn't have that seed of doubt that this person was going to do that. But it was like, you know, Uh, Planted in my head And so now I'm like
5: Oh Yeah it
2: could happen
4: But it's also like You you
2: don't know what happened At the office Like you 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 honestly Like you know what Like early in the summer A friend of mine Has got an overall deal Called me up and said I'm gonna uh, You know I got this project That I need That Fox wants me to develop And I got And and I'm busy Can you help me develop it I was like sure Let's get on the phone And talk about it Talked for like an hour I said okay great You know so what do you want me to do? He was like, well, I'm going to write up what we said, and then I'll get back to you. He, and he didn't get back to me for like two weeks. And I was like, well, you just got to write up what we, and you know, and, and the thing is, he's going to give me the, he's going to hand off what he's going to write up what we talked about, and then he's gonna, he already wrote some stuff up, he's going to hand off that to me. I was like, you're going to wait two weeks to even start me. Yeah. When like you, you already forgot. what the you know, yeah. And, and <laughs> then we did that, and I started, and I gave it to him. And I started work. he gave it to me, and then he disappeared again for a while. And I was like, what the fuck happened? Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, dude, you understand, like, the people at Fox would be, they, they the get some with women to develop. So I had to jump on that and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on in his life, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not mad, I just was like, okay, well, you know what, I mean, like, I'm due to work, you know? And then it's, I mean, because the thing is, is that the only thing that you can really get anxious about is what you can control. Because then you'll be, and, 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 you, and the stuff that's outside your control, you'll fuck yourself getting, getting, getting anxious about. Because you can't, you can't do anything to change it. And if you try to and, change it
1: too much, you might piss someone off. There's a, and I would say this, there's I know we're taking a long time with this, <clears throat> there's a difference between giving your stuff to an assistant and giving yourself to the executive and a difference between giving it to the head executive. Now, if you just gave it to an executive, they got to get it to the head executive. The executive has to get it to the student. You know what I mean? It's like all these steps. So you gave it to an assistant who has to give it to the boss. The boss has to decide when they're going to look at it. There's all these walls in the way. You know what I mean? No matter how much she's talking or he's talking about what they're going to do, they're trying to find you to help them move up so they can get a seat at the table. You know what I mean? Yeah,
4: and I've gone this route before. at a big three-letter agency with this route. Um, and it's worked, yeah. um, and even at the, the studio I've worked with, it's worked. So it's one of those things where you just kind of put yourself out there and you have to do it. That's and, all you can do. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> Sometimes scripts sit on people's desks for months, and then all of a sudden somebody's like, what is this one again? And they, oh, shit, they call this guy in, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah,
2: yeah, you know, somebody, I, I, I've watched this interview with, uh, what's his name, Ty T., uh, yeah, Ty yeah, 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 yeah. Um he was at Toronto. Oh, I wanna there. see that new Jojo. So so he was talking to Toronto about they're like, so how did I come around? You came to Hollywood and you and you're begging for money about this and other body. He's like, I wasn't really begging for money. Uh, I mean I was begging for money, but really? like, he's from the islands. Dio- oh new, new Zealand, Zealand or, yeah, New Zealand. Um he's like he's like, I wrote this script in twenty eleven. Mm. Wow. I sent it around, no one listened to me. Hmm. In 2017, people he he got a call from Fox Searchlight. Hmm. We want to do this movie you sent us. He's like, "What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah."
1: Right.
2: I mean, it's six years, and they just called him. Now, 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 maybe he's compressing time. Maybe his agents are calling about stuff. Look. But in the meantime, you know, he he so he he sent it to Hollywood when he was kind of a he's kind of a known director in the international scene. For doing like a movie called Boy and some other stuff, he does a lot of TV stuff. TV stuff, but he hadn't done, you know, um, Who We Are in the Shadows, mm-hmm. and then he hadn't oh, done, no, sure. and he hadn't. Well, there's a movie there. There's a, yeah. There's a movie, yeah, it's first, funny. there's a movie first. Oh, all right, all right. And they made it. Thing. That's how we got kind of. I've only seen the TV. Show. Yeah, that's how we got Thor. That's how we got Thor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and you go, oh, 2017. That's when they say when they make this. I was like, well, didn't Thor Ragnarok come out in 2017? Right. and the they were like, and the thing is, is that the town, kn- the town knows if a movie's if the directors what did well way before the movie comes out because the people in the industry are looking at the watching the cuts and right. seeing this, oh that movie was fucking awesome and shit but this is coming out in four months right. but they're talking about it four months in advance and that director now got heat after you know, after people have seen they might be talking about that doing the stage doing the cuts I was supposed know? to
1: interview him for the Writers Guild podcast mm. and it got postponed I think because of this movie that he has right now I was supposed to do it like a month ago I watched, and they sent me this. I watched all the screenings. You know, I didn't see this movie. But It was for the TV show. Oh, okay, okay, yeah,
2: yeah. So you know, so I mean, that's yeah. That's that that people people just find shit. Seven years later, studios calling them up. We want to do your movie. You know, I mean, it's like why is it sitting around? It was good. A friend of mine told me like five years ago. She was like, I was the worst best scriptwriter. It was called Jojo Rabbit. She, said, she sent it to me And I read it And I was like This is a good fucking oh, script read okay. Yeah a long time ago mm-hmm. and, and I was like But I read it And I was like They're never gonna make this movie <laughs> Like they're not gonna make I was like They can't I, I was like Hollywood won't back A spoof of Hitler Right They just won't do it Cause they um, kinda make
1: him Likeable don't they? Yeah. yeah
2: Yeah I mean they did a, They did a movie called Downfall in Germany That mm-hmm. did something similar Made at least ho, ho, like, like Hitler sympathetic I was like But Hollywood won't make this movie but he, does so much, he did so much with mm-hmm. Thor and kind of everyone loved him. And, mm-hmm. you know, so he was like, I'm going to do the movie. I've got this.
4: <sighs> from our writing module, we, we, my friend had this character in his script. And I was like, oh, my God, that's a movie. Like, fuck the TV show. Mm-hmm. We need to. This is, And we sat there for an hour developing this.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And then we had one Jewish guy in the room. He was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, I won't go into it, but I was like, it's, it's Nazi Germany. And I was like, this is a phenomenal movie. And he's like, but you're humanizing Nazis. And I was just like, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> I was like, that really is a problem. But I was like, but, you know, they were people. But it's like,
5: right.
4: you, have, you have those touchy subject matter. You have films with the touchy subject matter. It's like, how do you do that? How do you mm-hmm. approach it? Do these people deserve to even be, you know, have their stories make right. the light of day? Um, well, you know what, there's a movie that I saw a long time ago, um,
2: I want to say it's called <clears throat> Heaven Has No Prisoners, I think that's what it's called, uh, it's, it's, it's written by this guy named, uh, Remark, like Rainer Remark, who's famous because he, he fought in World War One, and then he wrote the book All Quiet on the Western Front, mm-hmm. and then later on he wrote a book, this other book, Heaven Has No Heroes, um... Something like that. I can't remember the title. Uh, but now he's older as a person. He's a German guy. And he, it's about a, a Nazi soldier who returns. No, he's a German soldier during the World War II now. He mm-hmm. comes back to his village. It's all bom- I mean, his town's all bombed the fuck out. And it's like how he's trying to, like, to navigate before going back to the, to the front. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fascinating because you're kind of like, you know not everybody was fucking evil during yeah. that time period. And you know that there's there, there's that is that in that it's kind of like the moment we are now and like with America it's like if you talk bad about the president some people are fucking gonna like shit on you. Mm-hmm. Back then you talk bad about the president they're gonna kill you. So then some people have to fall in line or do things that they don't want to do, and everyone's kind of like, well, you know, like there's a huge moral dilemma in that for everybody, and that actually makes a fascinating story.
5: Yeah.
2: I know it's fucked up that Jews got. Got oh, they got played the way they did, and I'm not denying that. And there is that, but I'm saying there's a there's a the the moral dilemma of the people who had to also well, navigate. It's, a, it's that. the
1: same thing we say with slave movies. Yeah, we slave know man. that there yeah. were some good people who would put them in an attic and hide them from yeah. the from the what they call the, the, the night riders or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So we know that there were people who did that. People just don't want to see it because they're saviors. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same reverse for, for yeah. Jewish people, I'm assuming. Yeah. You know what I mean? They yeah. don't want to. That's right.
2: And there's, and there's not, there's no, where there's the history of the white savior yeah. here, there's no, there's no history of the, the, the Nazi savior in, in, uh, uh, you know, whatever. But it's, but, but I, but honestly, I think that's only because of the, the time difference. Right. You know, you, you know, like if, if, there's there's no there's no visual record like the records that Nazis kept about what they did if if that was kept in s- slave time mm-hmm. you know if they had videotape of, of, of niggas getting whipped and shit like that like that would there'd be a whole different there'd be a whole different way that that's this, that slavery would be depicted in mm-hmm. in, in in media mm-hmm. if there was photo I mean we see those photographs with some, somebody. You know, the being hung and everybody hung. looking at him, well, no, but smiling. But after that's all afterwards. There's True. a few photographs of like of ex of former slaves mm-hmm. with their backs all 20 right. something like that. But right. that's just a photograph. Like if you actually had photos, you know, like of, of 1850 mm-hmm. Alabama, not, not even photos, video film going, mm-hmm. you'd have a whole the whole True. world would be up on you know because you'd see it in a different light. Interesting, you know.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, it's cool. Every good episode, John. There's a lot of, a lot of shit in that one. <laughs> a lot of information. I'm going
3: to go back, actually, and take some notes.
1: It's all right. Well, this is going to drop tomorrow, so it's going to be cool. Um, where can people find you, Sunny?
3: Uh, you could find me at Sunny, S-O-N-N-Y, underscore, Josham J-O-A-C-H-I-M.
1: again. J-O- uh,
3: J-O-A-C-H-I-M.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sunny, Joshum. Cool. Where are you at, wait, wait Richard? Uh, I'm
4: off of Facebook for a little bit. Um, I didn't even know
1: you was on Facebook. Y'all have never seen you on Facebook.
4: I, yeah. You uh, millennial <laughs> <laughs> Uh At we Are Richie um, mm-hmm. is my Twitter. I think I'm richard.scott94 on Instagram. I'm not really. Millennial
1: doesn't take photos.
4: I really don't. <laughs> I don't really talk online. I don't slide into too many DMs, so... It's not really for me.
1: Maybe you okay. got too many hooker bros calling you all the time. Too to many what? Hooker bros.
4: Hooker bros. I just meet them in person. I'm very fortunate to meet them in
1: face to face. Hooker bros. Where you at, Chris Derrick?
2: <clears throat> uh, unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Right.
1: Um, can you tip next week? We might have to. I think so. Yeah. I
5: think so.
1: Unless we do a long one on this one. Um, okay. Cool. Uh and I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show. Screenwriters are on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, ScreenwritersRentroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, um, subscribe, follow us, give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. Um please go on our what, Chris?
2: Our Patreon page. Support our, opp- our opportunities to do the live show. Yeah. Support. And just support the show. There's all this stuff on the website. You, the website, um, Screenwriters RR can get you to the Patreon page, or there'll be a link to the, to the Patreon page in the, in the show notes. Um, you know, it's like we talked about, you can get the t-shirts, you can get the mug, you can get the, uh, the script coverage, you know, you can just support us for what you want, you know, there's, there's, there's that, there's that, um, uh, freelancer to show owner booklet on there you can get for like $25, um, I, we'll put the David Mamet thing up for like five dollars unless you want to find it you know um, I'll put it up like tomorrow or something like that Uh but yeah so everyone can like get stuff and help us out
1: yes of course that's what's up. Yep. Um, shout yeah. out to Lisa Bulakaja. hopefully she'll be back in a week or two <clears throat> I talked to Paul Gio he said he's he's just got he just landed yesterday so He's busy today but yeah Yeah, okay. Okay. So we'll Paul we'll have him back um, I heard you over there saying and shit um <laughs> So anyway, everybody join me. Y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Peace, y'all.
0: I'm going to say what I feel, and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Rant Room.